The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Bartender Ram Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I am excited to bring you another wonderful episode. We have a very, very special guest today. Um, dare I say, uh, a man that could talk me under the table. Uh, this guy trained me in the bar business uh, and was one of not only the finest bartenders I have ever worked with, but one of the finest bartenders I have ever had the pleasure to get a drink from. So excited to bring you guys this guy's expertise and some of his great stories. But before we do, as always, I have to bring in my wonderful co-host, the man that I show nothing but love, affection, and care, the man that I never fight with, almost ever. Um, it is the one and only Michael Windsor. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I didn't even tell the people that we're here from uh, the Berwick Mansion at the Pool Room Studios. Uh, You're I slipping. Was just, I was just, I'm so excited. I didn't even know... Uh, I didn't really have my, my regular roadmap. And I, I see you smiling over there at how I introduced you. Um, any particular reason? Oh, Steve and I got into a lover's quarrel this morning. <laughs> a lover's quarrel. Mike I, didn't even, like I wasn't a, even out of bed yet. Yeah, Mike is like a velvet buzzsaw in the way he shows his love. But it is, um, you know. <laughs> velvet buzzsaw, I love that. <laughs> it is, um, it is uh, always, always, uh, it's always funny because I, you know, no matter how mad I get, and no matter how much we fight, our love endures. So it, uh, it is uh, it, it is ridiculous. It's uh, we get in these text <laughs> arguments, and then like we one of us will call the other, and it's like, hey man, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anybody that thinks this is easy, which honest to God, really probably should be, and we're just idiots. Um, give it a try with your best friend and see how long that relationship uh, lasts. But I'm going to steal the what's new this week, Mike, and. Um, we've been telling our wonderful listeners uh, to send in, uh, through email or DMs, submissions for when Mike and I get too drunk on the show for penalties. Well, I have to say, I probably deserved one this past weekend. I'm happy it was not recorded. Uh, we we you know, have been talking about my new job a little bit the last couple episodes on the show. Well, I decided that in celebration of my new job, we needed to take the staff out for a team-building, morale-building activity on Saturday night after a long shift. And, of course, I got a little too twisted, and I lost my phone. Um, I would love to act like this is a first-time kind of experience, but I'm pretty sure this is about the 26th or 7th uh, phone in my storied career. I have jumped into pools. I have fallen on my ass and crushed them. I have frisbeed them to a friend and uh, had them smash on the ground. Um, I've accidentally, I spilled a milkshake on one of them. I dropped another in a mud pit. Um, All right, we get the picture, Steve. (laughs) I I get them stolen, just generally lost. But I'll tell you, no matter what happens to my phone, the worst of the worst is when you just can't find it and you know exactly where you had it last. I sent a text message at 2.30, a picture of my face at a bar to a good friend of mine, um, and then went straight from that bar to home. And somehow, the vehicle I was in does not possess the phone. The bar that I was in does not possess the phone. Uh, 
even find my iPhone does not seem to work because the phone is, of course, offline. So hey, hey, Steve, Steve, did did you check your butt? I always check my butt first. And that's a good rule for all you <laughs> listeners out there. Always check your butt. But my general stupidity has brought us here. It's been a very hectic week. Um, Mike has been awesome getting on top of the recordings, and uh, we are slowly building back my network. So it's it's good. Thank God, a lot of the bartenders that I know that we're gonna try to have on the show in in the near future have reached out to me uh, after me blasting them with emails saying, hey, I lost your number because I'm a piece of shit. So um, the what's new is really just uh, reminding you people I'm an idiot. So let's let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into this awesome episode we have. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening along. Thank you for drinking along. This is a beautiful community we're building, and we really appreciate all of you that support us. We are going to do a new style of intro. We've been talking about keeping it short. We're going to keep it even shorter. If you want to be somebody that supports this show, please listen through the outro. We have a bunch of information of how you can support us, how you can get a hold of our merch, and how you can really help sharing the show with more bartenders from coast to coast. So uh, thank you guys. We're going to get right into the episode. We have an amazing guest. Eric Wujak is here with us, and he has brought a classic cocktail the old fashioned. So here it is, guys. Eric Wujak and the old fashions. All right, we are here with Eric, one of my most esteemed um, bartending peers, and he has brought with us a very classic cocktail. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing very well, guys. How you doing? Fantastic, fantastic. And I am so happy to introduce Mike to another bartender that he has known kind of on the periphery. We all three have worked at the same bar at the same time at one point, but I don't think we all even, A, worked the same shifts together, or B, Eric and Mike didn't even know each other. Well, I was at Jacksonville. He was right, at North, so I don't know if that's true. Yeah. yeah. But um, so happy to have you on the show, my friend. Uh, what First off, what really motivated you to be on the show other than my constant pestering? <laughs> Um, this is, this is fun. I like to do something like this. I mean, uh, I am a career bartender. This is my profession. I found something that I'm very good at and I'm happy I found it. And this just helps me kind of like, I'm 38 years old. You know, some of the luster has no, worn not. off a little bit. Are you yeah, serious? Yeah. yeah, I'm 38. God damn, dude. You um, did something right. And, Holy uh, shit, are you really 38? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. My God. I thought you were like, I thought you were like 35. So I've been bartending since I was 21. God damn. And, dude. uh, I feel like something like this kind of rekindles my love my passion you yeah know, gives me some work mm-hmm. some, some fresh ideas and hope and love for my craft and it's cathartic right yes. you know if yes. nothing else you get to air your grievances oh yeah which i am fantastic at so <laughs> definitely <laughs> i gotta say right off the bat my favorite you know mike don't we say all the time any guests that come prepared are like our favorite guests right yeah it makes everything the a lot ones easier that come with notes so not only was eric uh extremely communicative the last couple days about what his drink is the ingredients He's listened to a bunch of episodes and and parsed out some stories that may be overlapped, which I'm really excited to hear his perspective on those stories because apparently our former guests did not tell them right or with enough uh, enough color. But besides all of that, he is not he has come with notes, but not just any notes. Notes on server pads on server pad paper. Nice. It couldn't be more. Sorry, I just folded it. Um, You gotta you gotta keep. I do too. I do too. It's a great. You gotta, you gotta let us keep that so we can frame it oh, and yeah, put it in our eventual, eventual studio. Yes, yes. And I love that man. So it's uh, if you were wondering how deep his roots truly go, they go deep in this business. Um, all right, man. Well, we always like to start the show with what we call our drinkton, right? So you know, young people, 
uh, career professionals. They're flexing on LinkedIn. They're trying to show off. This is like your LinkedIn for your bartending service career. So three quick questions. Tell us first, how'd you first ever get into the business? Second, what are some of the positions that you have held? And then third, where are you now? So my first job ever, I was a busboy at 15 years old at a bar, or not a bar, it was more of a restaurant, um, called Tinino's in Reisterstown on Main oh, Street damn. in Reisterstown. Damn. And uh, I get my first job ever. I, I don't remember quite how I got hired, but I got a job there. I had some friends that worked there. And, that's, how uh, you got, that's how you got hired. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. And uh, I'm, I, It was very hazy. It was a long time ago. I worked there for about three months, and I remember it, I thought I did a good job. Um, there was one time I was helping a server run a plate of, plate of pasta, and as servers know, sometimes pasta plates can get insanely hot, like DEFCON 5, like burn your hand off hot. <laughs> so I was a 15-year-old holding this plate of pasta in my hand, burning me slowly. The server is dropping off other plates to the table. I'm holding this thing. My hand is shaking. I'm burning. I, I'm so afraid to say it's burning me to the server because I'm trying to help him out. And he grabs the plate for me, and I almost drop it, and he grabs it, and he puts it on the table, and it's fine. But I burnt my hand pretty bad. So about three months after getting this job, uh, they basically hired too many busboys, and they took me off the schedule. Or too many uh, busters took me off the schedule. I, it was, they were owned by a bunch of really weird kind of foreign guys, and they kind of just were yeah. like, yeah, you're done. You know, see you later. That sounds about right. <laughs> So, uh, that, so was that was your foray into the business. First job ever, Buster, yes, for you know, about three months. Hey, uh, can, I, can I stop you guys yeah. really quick? Steve, what are you doing, man? What do you mean? I, 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 I'm I so excited to hear Woojack. Uh, can we yeah, keep you call me your name? Okay, we, I'm so excited to hear Woojack's drinking, but I need to drink along, man. What, oh what are we god. drinking today? I was wondering about oh that. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. You skipped over that. that wow. I have thrown this totally off here, haven't I? Come on, dude. It's 9:30. I need a drink. All Come right, on, man. Right. What are you doing? You know, it's a very good point. I am. Uh, I must be. I must just be scatterbrained today because you're right. I skipped ahead to the drinking before we even made the cocktail. Let's back up for a second. All right. Let's rewind, <laughs> people. If uh, if you already are out there and you're confused, you can blame me as per usual. All right. Eric, I know you brought with us a classic cocktail today, the Old Fashioned. Why the Old Fashioned? And then let's get it mixed up. Uh, old Fashioned is just one of my – it's 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 a beautiful, simple drink. It's it's classy. It's easy. It's nice. People love it. If you want to compliment a good bourbon, it's perfect for it. If you want to compliment a good whiskey, it's perfect for it. Beautiful. Some people don't like drinking whiskey straight. Some people aren't – you know, they, they can't handle it. It's fine. Uh, this drink cuts the edge a little bit. It makes it a little bit sweeter. It makes it very, uh, very drinkable for the average consumer. And uh, they're fun to make. They look cool people enjoy them and they're honestly pretty easy yeah i think that's yeah, the one thing that's lost the most is that they are easy easy mm -hmm. to make but also easy to fuck up so true, true. You, you have to really well and speaking of fucking it up we were talking before we started recording and you have a very particular way that you make your yes, you old fashions so obviously uh the way i make drinks has evolved over the years i i changed my ways up i mix it up you know i changed it up but i found my my favorite old-fashioned recipe is probably one of the simplest ones you're gonna find um it's just bourbon or whiskey mostly bourbon obviously um most of the time just pour it over the rocks. I do a couple dashes of regular bitters, a couple dashes of orange bitters. I take an orange peel off an orange. I run the peeled side, the underside, along the lip of the glass just to give it just a little bit of orange zest and orange flavor. You put that in the glass. And then you want to use Luxardo cherries and Luxardo cherries only. They are Italian. They are nothing even close to them. They are the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you put one cherry in there. And some people put sugar in their old fashions. I do not. I just put a little bit extra cherry juice. It makes it perfectly, and it's that's all you need to do. I love the standard. Okay, top so of, top no of the, top of the splash of water, mix it up, and you're and you're good. Stir it. Okay, so no uh, 
no sugar, but a little a little extra splash of the cherry yeah, juice. Yeah, basically go a little and heavier with the cherry juice, and that, that that covers all your bases as far as the sweetness goes. Okay. And we're not we're not muddling. No, never correct? ever. When I see people muddle cherries or oranges for an old fashioned, it literally makes me cringe. Um, when I was twenty one year old, the twenty five year old bartender, I one hundred percent muddled the crap out of them. Yeah. And I learned from that. Yeah, and I'm I'm right there with you because I hate pulp in my old fashioned. I will never muddle the orange or the cherry, but what I will do is kind of almost like make uh, make a syrup together. So it's, uh, you know, unlike you, I definitely do the sugar cube, and I like to douse that sugar cube in the bitters mm. and bring that together maybe with a little bit of orange juice. So I love all the slight variations. The point is this drink at the end of the day is supposed to be subtle. It's supposed to be simple, and it really is a lightly spiced, lightly sweet whiskey or, or bourbon drink. If you are getting to a point where you're drinking this and it tastes like cough syrup, <laughs> you have done something wrong, my friends. So, all right, without further ado, now that you've kind of shared with us kind of the the, the macro look at how you're going to put it together, why don't you mix this up one? Absolutely. So while Eric's doing that, I'm going to share a little bit of history. Um, we have many different times talked about the old-fashioned on this episode, talked about a little bit of the history of where it has come from, how it has evolved. Last time we did, we talked about the roots with the Penn Dennis Club, which was a men's social club in New York back in the 1850s, 1860s. That club is really uh, credited with popularizing this drink and really bringing it out of the era of the whiskey sling into what we now know as the pure old-fashioned. That club used to meet at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York. And the reason I'm giving you guys some of this setup is because we have gone over uh, the, the old-fashioned cocktail and some of this information before. So I wanted to maybe mix it up a little bit, get deeper. Yeah, and room. to be fair, I got that information right off Wikipedia, and I was already pretty tipsy. So I don't know how accurate my, my rendition of the, the history of this cocktail was. Sure, sure. Um, from, what I, from some of the other research I've done, I think that that is pretty accurate as far as where the social popularity grew, where it started to become a drink that was um, uh, really consumed outside of just Louisville, Kentucky. But I was very adamant about going deeper this week into some background history. So the true inventor of the drink is credited to James Pepper, also uh, a colonel in the Kentucky uh, militia in the 1800s fought on the side of the Confederates at the time. Um, but he is a third-generation distiller of the old pepper line of whiskeys and bourbons. Now, I decided that this week we would do a little bit of our history diving into the life of James Pepper, who is a fascinating, fascinating guy. He has a great bourbon um, uh, named after him today, which is the just pepper uh, or peppers. Um, I think it does have James E. Pepper written on the label, but Peppers is distinguished on there. Fantastic bourbon. Um, but I wanted to do some research on him as a person. It turns out he was a flamboyant, flamboyant business owner. The type of guy that would just... Oh, James easy, Pepper. Yes. The, just, the type of guy that would just as easily um, run a muck and smear campaign as, uh, against his opponent as burn down one of the, their distilleries. He was a... No nonsense, crazy bullshitter, whiskey man from Kentucky. So, <laughs> what I came to find out is that after the Civil War, uh, you know, he starts traveling, you know, to a lot of different areas of the East Coast, really trying to promote 
his family's whiskey. And the reason he did this is in Kentucky at the time, there was something called a whiskey trust. It was a group of very wealthy distillers that were involved in state government that had put a claim pretty much on the whiskey industry and the bourbon industry coming out of Kentucky and was making it very hard for local up-and-coming distilleries or not legacy distilleries to sell their products. So a lot of them started going out of state and pushing those products to big cities on the East Coast. So what ends up happening is Colonel Peppers starts finding himself at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York as his hotel out of town while he's doing his whiskey runs, as he's going to promote and trying to get this drink um, you know, expanded uh, to the New York area. As he's hanging out there, he starts you know, bumping shoulders with these gentlemen from the Pendennis Club. And this beautiful union kind of comes together. The Pendennis Club is hanging out at the Waldorf. James Pepper is bringing this great bourbon there. And he suggests, oh, well, you should really make it like this, boys, and starts sharing his kind of family recipe of mixing the bitters and mixing some of these other components like sugar in to make a very simple cocktail. So I think what we can really say is this is born out of um, timing. This drink is three of the greatest things coming together. It's a crazy whiskey man. It's an amazing, amazing venue, right, in the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. And it's a social club that really got the groundswell movement to push this drink out and popularize it. So um, I also just thought it was cool that because of all of his staunch opposition to the Whiskey Trust, um, it created a boom out of Louisville, Kentucky. He was able to bring down a lot of regulation, allowed a lot of young, up-and-coming distillers to push their products. So this is cheers to James E. Pepper, who is the reason we are drinking cheers. this drink today and the reason we have so much great whiskey and bourbon in this country. Outstanding. That's an interesting story. I didn't know that. That's very fascinating. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it's, it's funny how government regulation was a deterrent, but yet his determination was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to bring my whiskey and this drink to the world, and that's why this grew. So, um, all right. Thank you, Mike, so much for, of course, correcting me. Let's get back to what you were saying earlier on the drinking, Eric. So your first job is a busboy. They fire you after three months, and pretty much all they give you is some shit tips in a burnt palm, right? Crazy I remember man. my first job. My, my I was working for crazy Greek guys. And, Similar uh, situation. Yeah, in a pizza shop, an Italian restaurant. And I used to always uh, mop the floors at the end of the night, and I remember the owner coming around saying, Steve, anybody can piss on the ground and move it around with a stick, but that's not called mopping. <laughs> And he would tell me this every night like he didn't tell me that the night before. And it was like some weird Yoda fuck with my head shit. I'm like, dude, I'm 14. I don't understand what's happening right now. Are you trying to fuck me? Like, what, what, is, what is going on here? So um, I'm glad you got out because your talents were certainly um, not being maximized in that joint. Where'd you go from there? All right, so actually I took a long hiatus. So from that job, uh, one of my high school friend's fathers owned an antique store. He had a partner. I started working for them part-time and eventually started working with them full-time. I worked for them for about seven years. Um, it was called the Curiosity Shop. It was on Main Street, right, Sean, actually That's cool right down the street from, uh, from where the Tuninos was. Um, these two uh, owners I had, they were partners. They, uh, they were amazing men. They taught me a lot about small business. We hustled. We moved. We sold used furniture, you know, used antiques, all kinds of weird you know, yard art and statues and concrete and stuff like that. And I really learned a lot about running a business and running a small business. So on top of that job, when I was about, I want to say, nineteen twenty, I got a job at Red Robin in Owings Mills. Oh, my God. Here we go. Corporate restaurants. 
So this is my first serving job. Um, one credit I will give to Red Robin, their training program is thorough and very, very good. That's one thing I will give them. They are all over stuff constantly. And it was a great training program. I hate that place with a passion. It, <laughs> it was Chuck E. Cheese on steroids. And it was uh, it was very busy. I mean, the money was okay. I mean, it was corporate so you know, small sections, all that fun stuff. Can I ask you a question about mm -hmm. uh, just the general serving experience? Yes. Do you still have nightmares about bottomless steak fries? It really wasn't a big of a deal because I, I would just bring in steak fries and then eat them. So it was like a win-win, the refills. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair well, enough. the cool thing about, about that place was, I mean, they, they crank burgers out. It's simple. It's easy. It's, it's, it was all right. But I learned a lot from that place. That's awesome. So one night, um, about four of my underage friends came in, and I served them. And a girl I worked with uh, knew one of them that they weren't 21. The no. manager went over, carded them. Uh, they obviously did not produce IDs. One produced a fake ID. Uh, the manager working that night was a keyholder manager, wasn't correctly a full manager. She pulled me aside and said, well, I'm going to talk to the real manager about this. And I said, well, okay, well, I quit. And I walked out the door with my friends. And we hung <laughs> I'll out make night. it real easy for you. <laughs> that place wasn't me. I need to get out of there. Let me help you out here, honey. I'm going to take uh, yeah. three orders of steak fries, and I fucking quit. Let's go. But the training program was good there, and it, it did teach me a lot about that aspect of, of the world. So uh, from there, I had a couple friends that worked at the beautiful, amazing Bill Bateman's Bistro located in Reisterstown, Maryland. Oh, my goodness. This was my first bartending job. I started as a server there. Uh, got very good at my craft there being a server. I became a bar back for probably about seven months. And a couple months after my 21st birthday, I was a bartender. That's awesome, man. That's that was a high-volume bar. The bar was huge. It was a big square bar. There were yeah. rails around that. There were cocktail tables around that. There was a game room. I got thrown in the fire pretty quick. There was there was a time in the world where that Bateman's was like the spot yeah. to be on Reisterstown Road. I, I mean, made phenomenal money. Was there. that was the original Bateman's? No, the original one's out in the woods, like Bel Air. Harp it's like it's out by like uh, I think it's Bel. It's out that way. You, I think you're right. It is Bel. No, Reisterstown actually, because I grew up right around right front right around there. It became that one was it was another restaurant before that called like Oldies Legends, and then it became Bill yes. Bateman's. I want to I don't remember yes, the exact timing. God. I mean, I was probably like. 15, 16 when it happened. Dude, I maybe. still remember the Oldies Legends commercials on 98 Rock. Yeah, me and my dad used to go there. My God. I lived, I lived dude, about a so, quarter mile so away from old there. school. The house I grew up was a quarter mile away from there. I love that, man. See, the thing that people from Baltimore don't know is there's certain there's certain names or of like streets in particular that if you say when you're from Baltimore, people immediately know. Blair Road, Reisterstown Road. These place, these are like places that like paint – uh, the the real picture of what like Baltimore County is and what people are really like around here and I love I love that Reisterstown Road area man there's some there's some old school staples up and down that road but uh, that's awesome so once you became a bartender did you really stick down that line have you done so when I was a bartender at, at Bill Bateman's I was still working at the antique store uh, it was my full time job I still put a lot of hours at that and I was still working a couple days a week at the bar. The money was too good at the bar, and I was wasn't killing my body moving furniture and you know mm. hustling stuff up and downstairs all day. So I decided to leave the other job, and I became a full time bartender at Bill Bateman's for about three years. That's awesome. And that was my only job. I loved it. I money was good. Crazy I hours. Yeah. Money was phenomenal. Um, it was a very good bar because it was a, it was a nice mix of absolute complete trash. Um, up to decent people. You know, Ravens players came in. Blah blah. Actually, Joe Flacco's rookie year, he came in a lot on Mondays when he wasn't working. Um, that was kind of fun. But uh, it was a good bar, though. I learned from a lot of really good bartenders that were there. All the bartenders were older. Um, I learned most of my skills from them. Um, they were all like in their like 30s, and it was a perfect setting to learn from them. That's the best. That's the best way to come up in the business. Um, if I'm you a, can be the young buck. And yeah, the, absolutely. The and uh, that place yeah. was. It was fun for a while. It was. Um, we had Kino, which was amazing. Oh, I really love Kino. Did you that play was, at work? Huh? I used to have a gambling problem. I played a lot of Kino at work. Yeah, uh, me too. I did some things I should have done. <laughs> I still have one. Thank God, Do thank God, Doss does not have Kino. Or oh, I it's the worst. Well, the worst is like you know you're you're like three deep at the bar and some old lady's waving her ticket at you and then she misses her game and she starts cussing you out 
And uh, it's that's real fun. I'm like, you know, lady, literally, lady, literally, there's three doors down. There's a liquor store. You can run your tickets all day long. Just go walk down there. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that was fun. But people also would tip off. They win some money. They tip sometimes. So, like it wasn't all bad. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So Kino, that was fun. So where'd you bounce from Bateman's? Because I know. Yeah. I, so I mean, uh, we don't. You know, I I know you have. You have a wealth of experience, and we're going to get into it a lot on the gauntlet. But yeah, right, I so definitely quick, want to understand quick, sorry, like right. some of the other positions. Right, so uh, I used to work with a manager named Ray, who worked at Bill Bateman's. Ray went to go open up another Italian restaurant in Glendon called Iliano's JMP. The original JMP is in Hampstead. Um, they have a couple franchise places. They have a couple other places. So uh, it was a no liquor license restaurant. It was BYOB. I left Bateman's. I was serving there basically six days a week doubles. I just lived there. Uh, my manager, my friend, manager Ray, who worked there, let me kind of, you know, we, we had a good relationship, so it was fine. And uh, so that GMP I worked at for probably about a little over a year. Um, they opened up another location in Westminster, which isn't too far from where I live. So I started bartending at a new location in Westminster for a okay. little bit. Um, in between that time, um, I worked, <laughs> kind of a small story, uh, one of my friends worked at a club on Calvert Street right by the block in Baltimore called oh, Lux. Oh, that's fun. So for about two months, I worked at a, I was barbacking at a club Lux Friday and Saturday nights working from 9 to close, no food. I would get there at 8.30. What was closed, like 4 or 5 a.m.? I mean, no, close to 2. It was, it was one bed. Good God. But it was just, you know, it was, a, it was a club. It wasn't my speed. You know, it was loud, DJs, blah, 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 blah. For those of you who don't know the block, that is the shadiest part of the Baltimore strip club scene. Yeah. And it is uh, it's where the, the it's where one of the original Larry Flint Hustler clubs is. And my personal favorite, if we're if we're choosing um, uh, the Norma Jeans. I love me some Norma <laughs> Jeans, baby. I know Eric's laughing. <laughs> it's all good, man. Hey, whatever, right, no, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, you go down Baltimore Street, I got you, man. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. My office used to be right across That's the street scary. from there. That's We'd funny, have a lot of, a lot of uh, wet lunches. Well, there. the ironic part is the police station is like oh right my. there, which is also ironic. Come on. That's for the alcohol, Mike. Get out of here. You mm. never heard of a wet lunch? Okay, fair enough. My uh, my mind's in the gutter. Watch Mad Men. God damn it. All right, anyway. so, so the Lux Club did not last long. I did befriend a bar manager at Lux Club. His name was Chris. Chris was the opening manager at a new club that they were reopening at Fells Point called The Get Down. I opened The Get Down with Chris as a barback. I didn't really love it again. It was a club. Clubs aren't my scene. So I lasted about three months there, and I left. Mm. A friend of mine I went to high school with, um, she worked at Slauncher at the time. And she called me one day and said that Cooper's was looking for a bartender. So I went down, talked to the manager, basically I hired on the spot, and I started my uh, working at Cooper's Tavern in Fells Point. Damn. I was working there about three days a week at first. I was still working at JMP, uh, the Ileana's JMP, a couple days a week. I didn't know you were juggling. I thought you were pure there. No, I, I, like, I like having multiple locations, honestly. It makes going to work a lot easier and happier, different people, different feel, you know. Yeah, kind of stuff. for sure. So, excuse me, sorry, just water. Yeah, take your time. Um, I also, there's a, there's a trend here, right? You see this theme of like, and this is for any of you listeners that have never been in the service industry, but might want to be, you got to make friends. You never know when that next serving job is. You got to make friends with everybody, right? Especially not the key holder who's ratting you out, but the right people that, that have some ambition and might be that next setup. You always want to keep them close. Yeah, that's, and that's how, honestly, most of my jobs kind of have happened. It's, it's a phone call. It's, oh, hey, check this out. Hey, check, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. I, I've always found it really tough that, um, you know, uh, when you hire a lot of bar managers, they get really tight about when people have other obligations or they want to yeah. grow their career or they can only work a day a week or there's, you know, I can only pick up here and there. I think that's crazy. And the reason why is the bar business is so erratic. It's so erratic. Most bars, uh, I think uh, the success rate through one year is only 50%. The success rate through two years, 90% of them fail. Okay? So if, if 
you want me to commit to your business and I don't even know if you're going to be here in two years, I'm sorry, my friend, but I'm going to continue to be ambitious about how I make my nut. No, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, Got to be. So, all right. So where are you now? Uh, all right. So I was at Cooper's for 11 years. I worked at Fells Point for about 11 years. Um, when Cooper's North opened in Timonium, I worked there from open until about a year ago. So I was there for about eight years. Um, I started working at McFalls in Parkville uh, a little over a year ago, so about 14 months probably. And I got the job there through our mutual friend, Kyle Swindell. Yes, wonderful guy who's actually been on our pod. Wonderful, uh, yeah, we're going to have to bleep that last name out. Yeah. Wait, no, I'm, I'm wrong. No, I'm wrong. I'm no, wrong. I think I'm sorry. We, I think we can keep it. No, 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 disregard me. Disregard me. Keep going. We, we do keep some of our guests anonymous, but I don't think Kyle Kyle, Kyle says his name like five times. In the yeah, 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 okay. My, yes. I think Mike just was misre- <laughs> okay. uh, misremembering. I understand. Okay. It's all good. Um, I'm drinking at nine in the morning. Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> and not just anything. A sweet, sweet, yeah. old-fashioned. Cheers, by the way, my friend. Um, yeah, cheers. No, but that's awesome, man. So you're bartending over at McFalls and great establishment. I one of my favorite little hideaways in Baltimore County, uh, and I love seeing you there. That's actually kind of how I think we reconnected uh, most recently. Um, Eric was the first ever person I invited to be on the podcast almost three years ago. I walked really? into his bar down in Fells when he was still there for a soccer game, and I said to him, and Mike, we had uh, we hadn't even gotten this off the ground, and I said to him. Hey man, we, we, if it was three years ago, I didn't even know about we were this just idea. Just conceptually, so. it, was, kind it might of, have been longer than that. Was it longer than that? Uh, I mean, I'm thinking it was probably about 2019. It's definitely yeah. pre-pandemic for sure. Yeah. And I just remember saying to him, "Hey man, you're a great talker. I'm thinking about getting this pod off the ground. Would you want to do it?" And Eric goes, "For sure," and gives me his number. And then life happens, and getting a pod off the ground isn't that easy. And, and COVID. <laughs> And COVID and all the other things that came in between. But I'm so happy that we were able to reconnect and do this because I've always felt um, that with your experience, with the way that you talk, <laughs> which is just like a Tommy gun, rat-a-tat-tat, I thought, man, this is going to be the right medium for you. It's going to be perfect. So Thank um, you. I appreciate that. I love that. Uh, if anybody wants to go see Eric, please do not waste your time. Get up to McFalls. Food is great. Drinks are great. Go support him there because – uh, you're not going to find any better bartender, especially not a better one with conversation. Um, okay, appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Now you have come to the most important part of the pod. We call it the gauntlet. It is our intimidating uh, trials that we put our wonderful guests through. Are you ready, my I'm friend? beyond ready. Beyond ready. Okay. Without further ado, here is the gauntlet. All right, Mike. All right, Eric. We have come to zero hour. Question number one, pet peeves and misconceptions. These can be about the business, your coworkers, patrons, or just general things that you find to be annoying about the bar business. Uh, probably my biggest pet peeve, and I just want to say this because it really, 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 really irritates me when it happens. So let's say you get really busy, you know, 15 people walking all at the same time, and you're, you're scrambling around, getting everybody drinks, trying to get everybody set up, and... There's a customer sitting at your bar that's maybe been there for, you know, an hour or so. And there's a customer next to them that needs something or they just sat down or they, you know, need attention. The other customer that doesn't know this customer gets your attention and tells them that this person sitting next to them needs something. Uh, <laughs> I cannot stand that. Uh, I would look him right in the face and go, lady, if you had any idea what's going on in my head right now and the order that people came in and the way I had them checked off in my head, you would go insane. Like, I got this. Please, <laughs> don't tell me how to do my job. I got this. I cannot stand when people do that. So, so again, this is like the people that are facilitating service for. Oh, 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 a oh, oh he, he, he needs something. He needs something. He, oh, yeah. I think he, I think this guy needs yeah. something. 
And, and, what do you now? Now I gotta ask, how do they? How do they typically get your attention? Is it when you go back to their table, or are they like raising? Hey, their hey, hand? it's like hands in the air and like you know, hey, and sh- you know stuff that I just don't. You do think well they, you think that table needs something, and they're just trying to jump the gun on yeah. on your. Or literally, there. you're like having a conversation at the table, and somebody behind you is like grabbing your sh- like pulling on your sleeve or something, and like they need something. And I, I cannot stand <laughs> that. Can I ask you a question? Have you noticed in society that we, especially post pandemic, we really don't care or give a fuck about each other? But what is this obligation to your fellow man that a bar patron feels like they have? What do you think that that like? What it's, do you it's, think it's that human that nature? Com- it's camaraderie. It, when pe- people really? people 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 are happy together, happy together, they're sad together, sad together. That way they can both complain and bitch about you at the maybe, same time. And maybe that maybe that's the real <laughs> spirit of the bar business running through people. And and I actually tend to agree with you. I hate it when a customer tries to teach me how to do my job. Um, that's an always a frustrating one. The similar one for me is when somebody will say oh, this doesn't taste like an old-fashioned, or, oh, I, somebody wants to check me on my pour count. And so I lined up a shot, and I lined up jiggers, and I start aggressive. I was being an ass. I was like, oh, you want to pour count? I said, have you ever bartended before? You know what the fuck you're talking about. But no, I hear well, you. And man. I think it's funny, too, because this is it's obviously coming from, like you said, a, a place where they're trying, they think they're doing the right thing. They're trying to help out. But it just just leave leave it alone. Just there let the person some, do their job. There is some uh, attention getting going on, right? Look at me! I know the bartender. I can get their attention. I'm the nice good Samaritan that's gonna help you get a drink. Like, <laughs> listen, listen, Johnny. Like, fucking, like, scale it down a few notches because uh, I'm, uh, you're here to drink drinks. I'm here to serve them. That's the entire equation, right? Yeah, like I got this. Let me do my thing. You're this is my show, not your show. You know, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I just, this is your my bar. I'm running to Like I got it. Just give me a chance. That's so a do you do you have what what do you what do you usually say then if somebody's like, oh hey, by the way, they, they need something over there. Well, I'll what's, right what's your response? I'll be right back and just walk away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't give them a chance to say anything. I just walk away before they have a chance to even react. I, that's a great answer too because it's nondescript, right? Like you yeah. want to you want to scream at their face. I hope you burst into flames and die. But what you what you actually do is you just try to maneuver out of the situation. And just, okay, I got this. Ignore them, you know. Um, that's probably the best way to handle One it. One advantage of being a fast talker is I can drop a bomb on you and just walk right away, and you're not quite sure exactly what uh, I said. Uh, you're confused. <laughs> you're disoriented. He's let me. Yeah, he's like let me people especially, it's great. I'm a puddle in my bar stool right now. I don't I don't have any idea what's going on. All right, that's a solid one. Now, I got to say, of all, this is, uh, Mike, you can back me up on this maybe. This category is probably the category we see the most most overlap on of the consistent things that our guests don't like. I love mm. it when a guest comes with a fresh pet peeve, and that is one we had never had on the show. That's what it, it really gets to me. It really does. That's one of the mm. ones that I just I just like. I ah. do you have any others just to add on top? Because I'm yes, curious, uh, with, with another your... fun one that I love is when somebody's trying to sound fancy, and they go, "Oh, can I get like a rum and coke with a twist of lime?" And I look at him, I go, "Do you want a twist of lime or do you want a wedge of lime?" And most of the time, they're like, "What?" They want the wedge of lime. They don't even understand. But what they want to sound cool, and they yeah, want to say twist, which obviously like. isn't a wedge of lime. It's right. a little bit different, of course. Um, and I just it, that always gets me good. Or when people say, "Can I get a Grey Goose and vodka?" All the time, people are like, "Can I get Tito's and vodka?" Yeah, we've yeah we've heard Tito's. that happens for yeah. Can I get a Tito's time. and vodka, no please? I'm like, so you want Tito's on top of real vodka, or do you want real vodka on top of Tito's? To your point with the the fancy one, it's 2022. The idea of calling a greyhound, calling a drink a greyhound. Right, calling a drink a Cape yeah. Cod. Can we please yeah. put this to death? Right, like if it is a two-part drink and you still are calling it the original drink recipe name, 
you need to go walk into traffic. I, I do make them say it when they order it. Don't let the, they say it like you know. Be like, no, you make them say it like, oh, so you want a vodka grapefruit? Make them say it, yeah. <laughs> or they don't have. I it. won't make it for you until <laughs> I want to hear your dirty little whore mouth say it. Say oh it. Oh my god. So, and if they were really trying to be fancy with the, uh, <laughs> good point. If they were really trying to be fancy with the twist of lime, they just order a Cuba, uh, Cuba Libre, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah just like rum and coke oh and a God. lime. You know, and I know. Which uh, shout out to JT, he corrected us on that because a rum and coke is rum and coke, and a Cuba, Cuba Libre is with uh, with lime. Oh, yes. okay, interesting. Yes. And I understand. Like, look, at the end of the day, this is a bar pod, and we love to um, we love to showcase craft cocktails. So. Some of what I'm saying sounds maybe like a juxtaposition where I'm like, listen, bitch, don't call it by <laughs> the name it's supposed to be named. But come on, man. A vodka cranberry or a vodka and iced tea? Just call it by its – just tell me what you want. The other thing is, what am I supposed to follow up? How do you want your Greyhound? What, you know, like, like what vodka do you want in it? Just, Sarsaparilla, sir, one time. Just tell me what you want. It's so frustrating, especially if we're busy. I don't, I, I don't need it. So I, I'll tell you, just, just last night, a guy came in. And I told you before we got on the show that the uh, my staff right now is very inexperienced, mm. right, at my new job. A guy came in and said, can I have a strong ginger ale? <laughs> and, my, and my bartender, who's 21 and just started pouring drinks, looks at him. He's like, okay, what is that? And he goes, a strong ginger ale. Just give me a strong ginger ale. So that kid runs <laughs> off to go figure out what the fuck that is. And I, am, I don't I, blame him. I hear is it like this, a Canada Dry Bowl they have now? I hear this from the side of the bar, and I walk up to the guy, and I'm just like, sir, can I, I apologize. Could we just clarify, is a strong ginger ale, like with vodka, whiskey, gin? Uh, I mean, did you want some alcohol? And he goes, no, man, I don't drink. And he goes, I just want a strong ginger ale. And I was like, what does that mean? Extra ice? No ice? You throw it at him is what you and do. Goes, you just chuck man. it right in his fucking He's face. He's like, listen, man, just make me a strong ginger ale. And I was like, and he just, he wouldn't get off this point. So... I was like, I, I go and look at my uh, at my bartender. I'm like, look, man, fill the cup with ice, pour him a ginger ale, and just hand it to the guy and let's see, what, let's see what the fuck <laughs> see happens. See what happens. And he takes one he takes one sip and he's like, man, this ain't crispy enough. This ain't crispy <laughs> oh enough. God. And I'm like, all right, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do for you, sir. I, I mean, I could I could pump the CO2 tank right up your nostrils if you want, but I, I don't know what I can do other than that. Thank God that guy doesn't drink because he's. I think he would be a nightmare if there was any alcohol. No, no, involved. He'd be he'd be waving down Eric to get everybody else in the bar a drink, a, a stronger drink. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right. Question number two: Best and worst tips. Give us uh, the horror stories. Give us the good times. I mean, obviously, working at Fell's Point, you get a lovely array of people. From all over the world, and uh, all kinds of shapes, sizes, and so much. And, uh, you know, we get some interesting ones from time to time. You know, people walking in wearing wife beaters that are half-torn, you know, fun stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, obviously I've gotten stiff plenty of times on tips. Broadway is quite a funnel, huh? But you get it's such a mix. It's like, uh, I can't explain it. It's such a weird mix of, of everybody and tourists and strange things. Yeah. But um, my favorite probably worst tip is probably when you get a negative tip. And what I mean that is, for example, let's say somebody comes up and gets a bottle of beer from you. And the total is four twenty-three, but you basically eat the twenty-three cents and you give them a dollar back. Then they proceed to take the dollar and walk out. You just lost ah. twenty-three cents on serving a beer or somebody. Mm. I never. That even... is probably the worst. The worst tip you can get is negative money or people that leave cash on the table and under tip and underpay the check, which has happened before. Mm. Oh, that happens. Uh, and that that I I thought that's where you were gonna go. Yeah, but it's it's, it's, but the thing it, is, the bar thing is more intentionally annoying because you got one drink and your dollars there or whatever. And you're like, nope, and you take it back, and yet I just lost 25 cents on you, thanks. Well, and it's a good point, what you're saying. Like, no bars, no bars carry change anymore, man. No, I mean, we don't have a single, single change in our door. I haven't, got, I haven't got physical change from a bar 
in probably four or five years. And I know the bars that I work at, dude, we never break change. We're rounding up or down always. I don't understand. Yeah, well, e- even if you have change, I mean, it would just be such a waste of your time to right. to dish that out and carry that around. I just don't understand why pricing hasn't caught up to that. Why can't we? Everything be close to the dollar, yeah, or within a penny or two. Or, yeah, you know. but, I mean, we know what the sales taxes are. We know what the liquid tax is. Why can't we set up everything? And I've asked bar owners this. Like, some of it is just for the purposes of margins, and they ask us as bartenders to use our discretion to round up or down. But then when I open my cash drawer, there ain't, no, there ain't any fucking any quarters in there. So, yeah. that well, I never even thought about it. You're, you're right. The negative tip is something that is uh, even more common now. Yeah, it happens. I mean, it does. Yeah. Um, any, like, real zingers, like, real good ones? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've had plenty of – I mean, I've had plenty of $600, $700 tips from random people and people I know and regulars that just, you know, just – they're just – that's who they are, and they just want to make your day. And I love that, and that's amazing, so and I appreciate that it. Was typically, that was typically, like, a regular, though, that would come and see um, you. and then they randos, just – They'll throw down a little bit. Like, I've had random people at Fells Point on vacation that come in and – again, again, yeah, again. I mean, they might be there all weekend. You see them three or four times. And by the end of the day, you know, you made eight hundred dollars off them the whole weekend or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Across the street. So like, it's all about relationships, and Steve's good at this too. You know, just just building a relationship with customers, especially tourists down there, because tourists will be in town for a couple days, and sometimes I'll see them five, six times, and that's like that's a commitment to your restaurant, to you. You're making them not want to go anywhere else, which is that's an amazing compliment to you and what you do. You know what I mean? No, that's a huge testament to to you as a bartender because it, it's a lot of those interactions are very sporadic, staccato, as Steve has said before. So if you're making them feel at home while you're doing a job and serving all these other people, and they come back and want to throw down six hundred dollars before they leave, I mean that just that really shows that that connection you built with them on on those limited interactions. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I and and to to Eric's point, like for the people who have never been to Fell's Point in Baltimore. I, I think it it certainly is like a tourist magnet. I do not want to call it a tourist trap because all over the country there are tourist traps that do not have personality. It's just corporate mm. restaurants in a, in one particular square block, and, and it draws people in. Fells has a pulse. Like, it's the cobblestone yeah. streets. It's this beautiful old part of the city. It's right on the water. You're looking at the Domino Sugar sign. It is quintessential yeah. downtown Baltimore and – there's a lot of bars down there that have a true brand, like a real personality. The horse you came in on is a great example. Solanche mm-hmm. is a great example. Waterfront Hotel, Tame Street Oyster House, Max's, Dudas, Dudas. You know, uh, Wharf Rat. Wharf Rat. I yeah. mean, there's there. You, we could go. We could probably go for the next 20 minutes yeah. here, and we could go one one eyed Mike's, which is obviously we, we talked God, about the show. Soul. What do you mean? Mike died. Oh, well, yes. I'm sorry. Back. I thought you meant the restaurant <laughs> no, no. closed down. I Mike was like, I was just there. Was no, just Mike died a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, I know, which is a heartbreaker. But uh, I, I would tell you his legacy is being upheld with how they're continuing to run that bar in such yeah. a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, the point is, it's not a tourist trap, but it does – you know, if you come into Baltimore and you're there for a weekend and somebody and you ask somebody, what should I do this weekend? The first thing they're going to say is, go to Fells. That's always the first thing they say. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't like Fells? Right next door neighborhood, go to Canton. Go to Fed Hill. Try Power Plant. You know, there's there's different neighborhoods, but the first suggestion is always going to be Fells. And it funnels people in there, and so I think there's a lot of variability. So Yeah, from, from, a, from a non-native, uh, the Baltimore has such a cool bar scene. And for any listeners who, you know, aren't from that area, and if you are visiting, 
you, you just got to go hit those places yeah. up because it's like Steve said, they, they really have their own personality and it's a really, really cool area. Got to explore. Or explore. multiple cool areas. All right. Well, this is actually a great segue in the next question. Just actually, like... I want to I tee this one up right, I'm because I'm it. actually, I, I'm really excited to hear your point of view on this just because you've been in the industry. You're very particular about how you make your drinks. So question number three, worst drink orders. So th- there's a couple different ways you can approach this. Um, drinks that when a customer orders it, you just like can't help but roll your eyes as soon as you turn around to get the ingredients. Or maybe uh, a drink that you really, really hate to make or uh, a drink, uh, the worst drink that a bartender has ever made you. Oh, that's a, okay. That's interesting. Look at it. Um, I honestly don't make any most drinks. I just, it's my job. You are something. I'll make it as fast and as best as I can. I don't sit there and roll my eyes. You were a Bloody Mary. Oh, well, you were a Bloody Mary. You were something else. I'll make it. It's fine. I don't care. So that's Whoa, what's what's the matter with the Bloody Mary? Well, it just makes a mess. Okay, fair. That's what, like other people also like I I keep a very clean bar, and a lot of other coworkers are not as clean as I am, and so for them it's more of an issue than me. But uh, they kind of you know destroy the bar, make a huge mess. Old Bay over here, you know, Bloody Mary mix over well, here. I, I blah, actually blah. Mm-hmm. I love that about you. You're one of the first bartenders I ever worked with in my life where where they were like, I, it was noticeably every second that you weren't serving, it was how do we make this place more organized and 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 cleaner. And I love that about I love that about your bar. Sitting in it is like aesthetically pleasing, which is frustrating with so many other bartenders. <coughs> Jill I mean, <laughs> I mean, probably probably what I hate when when I do roll my eyes or when I do feel when somebody comes to the bar and orders like five different shots, that's when it gets a little old. Let's say, oh, can I get mm. uh, two green teas? Can I get one Vegas bomb? Can I get one uh, orange bomb? And uh, let yeah. me get a uh, shot of tequila. You know, and you're just yeah. like, oh god. You guys like can't figure out something you all can drink together, you know, kind of thing. That gets a little old. That one's annoying. <laughs> because sure. when you're with friends, you find a shot everybody can kind of do, and you do it together, and that's, exactly, and that's part of the camaraderie. Yeah. The other thing is like when they ask you the suggestion, and you go, <laughs> and they'll no, and they'll tell you, "Hey, I'm a tequila drinker. I'm a whiskey drinker. I'm a this." And then you actually, your brain goes crazy, and you find like you like beautiful mind the situation. You like, and then they're like, "I'll shit. take, I'll take a Miller Lite." No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm saying specifically <laughs> with shots, like Eric's saying, you, your brain's like, "Oh, I've got the perfect thing yeah. that'll work for everybody." You suggest it, you describe it, and then they still go, "One Rumblemints, yeah, one tequila chilled, and a green tea and an orange bomb." It is so frustrating. That doesn't happen that often, but it does happen. So, I mean, and that's more of like a high volume, you know, you know, heavy drinking situation. Sure. You know that I I, I really don't deal with a whole lot anymore at yeah. where I work now. So that's more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a good example. But honestly, I don't I don't mind as long as everything's prepped correctly and you got all your ingredients. I don't mind making anything. And I, honestly, I really don't. And usually, things that are more annoying to make are expensive. So, so. flip it the other way. Talk about yeah. I mean, because obviously, Mike's right. You're you have you have high standards. Yes. Um, for this profession. Tell us about a time where you ordered a drink as a patron and were really let down by by. Oh, God, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have a really specific instance, but I mean, there's there's certain places I wouldn't order certain drinks at just because I can tell yeah. that it wouldn't be that good there. Okay. You know what I mean? Like there's there's mm-hmm. that. Um, God, sorry, I really don't have a good example of this. No, 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 it's okay. No, so, it's fine. Actually, I have a funny you're, you're story. Totally I have right a funny about... story I can tell real quick though. So I was on a okay. date. Re- I was on a date recently at this restaurant. It was kind of a newer restaurant, right? And they had their Valentine's Day special menu available still. It was a little bit after Valentine's Day. You went on a date on Valentine's? No, Day? it was like it was like a couple days after. Okay, okay. And I was at a fairly new restaurant, <laughs> and the server was she seemed okay, but she didn't seem that great. So on this menu, it was a Valentine's Day menu. There was like five martinis at the top of the menu, and at the top of the menu there was a love martini. All it said was love martini. So we asked the server, we said, what's in the love martini? And she goes, honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> that was it. She didn't ask the bartender. She didn't go find out. She didn't do anything. She was just completely content with not knowing what's in the, what was in the drink. And not, and not going and, not, and not finding out. out. And that was the end of it. We thought it was hilarious. So, of course, we ordered one. 
We got it. <laughs> she still had no idea what was in it. We didn't ask. We drank it. It was decent. It was probably like uh, I mean, it tastes. It was like cranberry juice, like you know, Malibu and like Fokker or something like that. Like a coconut. It actually wasn't uh, bad. It actually, was Cosmopolitan or something. Kinda, yeah, it wasn't bad. But just the whole time, she didn't she didn't care what was in it, and she didn't mind at all. And I thought it was kind of that was absolutely hilarious because that blew my mind. That she didn't care it was in it, didn't care to go find out what was in it, even after you <laughs> That's it, the point, yeah. Still didn't, still didn't care at all. I actually, <laughs> I actually appreciate – I've always told uh, people I've worked for and with, I like the honesty. Like, if if you say right off the bat, I don't know. I haven't tried that. Let me go find yes, out. And that's the way but it is. has to be the let me go find out. There has exactly. to be that second step. Yeah, no, so. she was just like, I don't know, and I don't give a shit, all right? <laughs> we received to spend, like, good money and have to get in the food. was phenomenal. We had a great time. It was just, it was just hilarious. I'm only they here they should have named red. the drink uh, Unconditional Love because yeah. you got to love it no matter what because you don't know what's in there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Mike, that's pretty good. Thanks, yeah, sorry, man. I don't have the best. Uh, Trying my best here. Mike, that quip was born out of some, some serious self-loathing and depression. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't blow my spot up. Fuck you, dude. Number four. Number four. <laughs> mistakes and fuck-ups. These can be yours or your coworkers. Um. Well, I mean, I watch constant, you know, fuck-ups every day at work. But that's that's not me. That's just my observing other people. Um. <laughs> so there's a funny story I have when I used to work down at Cooper's. Uh, so Cooper's front door, it was a two-step um cobblestone on the out front two steps and there was two old really narrow doors that would open they were the most mm. awkward doors ever they were Terrible. heavy they were wood they were tall and they were just really awkward so there was one time i believe i was going to an outside table because we had a couple outside tables and i was busting a table or grabbing a bunch of plates off a table and i had about like eight plates of food in my hands and arms so i open this door up it's all awkward you know i'm walking in so the door closes it grabs the back of my shoe and it pulls my shoe off i then proceed to basically gracefully i didn't fall I just gracefully caught my ankle, and I placed about 10 plates all over the floor right in front of everybody, right in the front of the bar. <laughs> Nothing broke, but I had to stand up. That's impressive. Get my shoe that was outside, put it back on, and then proceed to clean up. And it was just a really like, awkward moment because, of course, we're busy as shit. Everybody's, like, watching me, and I just, like, I just very gently just laid out everything on the floor for everybody to see. <laughs> Dude, and it, was, it was embarrassing, but it was funny at the same time. That step in um, that you're talking about is brutal because it's not just the doors. It's almost – they're like Texas doors. Yeah. Kind of in a sense. And they're heavy and they're awkward. They and they're really like, are heavy. And they don't really have like – they're not like spring-loaded no, like kitchen Texas doors, nope. right? So they're like Texas doors. But then on top of that, that lip up into the building, it's like a step and a half step, right? There's like the, the regular step off the cobblestone and then there's like a quick lip up to the actual building it's such a weird transition yes to get i mean obviously it's it's been added to and built on through over the years probably i can't tell you how when i first started training with you guys um and i was only down at that location for maybe i don't know two months i can't tell you how many customers i saw trip through the front door. or wasted people that just don't even realize it and just fall out the door all the time yeah <laughs> it's great it's great <laughs> oh man um so I do. I do want to ask. Uh, I know you said it was kind of funny. How did the uh, back of the house take that? Instead of I don't, I don't plates, remember. I mean. Oh, you know what? Oh no, I don't remember that one actually. Also, there's a uh, there's a pickle butt bucket incident that I just remembered. <laughs> so uh, so same place, Cooper's. We uh, so it was an old row house. So all the walk-ins were like out back in the alley, like built into everything. So in order to get to the walk-ins, you had to walk outside the building into the alley, and everything was built in. So one day it was raining, and when it would rain, it would just literally become like a foot of water puddle out back. Like it would just it would just flood, and it would be horrible. So there was one shift, and I was busy, and I was running out back to grab something, and I hit, like, the door threshold, and I slipped. There was a pickle bucket, like one of those big, like, you know, 10-gallon pickle buckets on the side. Oh, yeah. So basically, I slipped my feet. I became absolutely horizontal, and I basically hit the pickle bucket right in the middle of my back, and I bent over the pickle bucket. 
oh screamed out like i screamed it was one of the worst pains i ever experienced in my life Dear the kitchen God. staff comes out looking at me like you're all right man i was like fuck no and i'm grabbed my back and i'm screaming and next day i had one of the most insane bruises i've ever had in my life and was it, it a circle it was huge <laughs> but it didn't really hurt that bad and within two days it was gone it was one of the weirdest things i've ever experienced in my life really it was so <laughs> painful when it happened and it was like the worst thing ever so now i have kind of a fear of pickle buckets now it's kind of this weird thing like, <laughs> <Fear> <laughs> of pickle no it was fucking dude it was it was like literally it bent me it hit my back and i bent over it like in the middle of my back and it was one of the worst pains i've ever experienced in my life i'm, so. I'm like picturing in my head something like a, an olympic gymnast doing like the balance beam like beam and they do like a flip and then they yeah. Completely split yes. across the beam. That's like, what happened to me. Like a car wrapping itself yeah. around a telephone pole. Yes, that well, was. Well, if you've ever, if you've ever, I, that's happened to me, not in the same scenario, obviously, but where my feet just went out from under me. Good old monkey foot. Multiple times. And you just hit your back and you're just on the ground. Yeah. And you just hope nobody saw it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, I've had a few of those with ice over the years. There's nothing worse than when you're taking out a trash bag in the winter and you catch that slip of ice and you're just trying to skate your way through it. And the next thing you know, <laughs> feet are above your head, trash is coming down on you, and you're just praying there isn't enough glass in here to cut the piss out of you right now. But um, that that that's a that's a solid one. And I appreciate you. You are a very classy guy with your level of experience. You could have absolutely put some people on wax here. And, and thrown some co-workers under the bus for their mistakes. And look at him. Both of his examples <laughs> use him in a self-deprecating fashion. And I, I think that that's beautiful. I love that you have, have such class not to use other people's mistakes for fodder. Well, I mean, I'm my, I'm my biggest critic. And also, I, I, I can laugh at myself every moment of the day. And it's I'd important. rather make fun of myself than make fun of somebody else. So. Yeah, if a bartender, yeah, if a bartender can't laugh at himself, I don't know if uh, – if they can survive yeah. in this business. No, you have to you have to have you have to have thick skin, you have to be able to let things roll off your back. And like you said before, you can't let one little bad incident ruin your night and you got to stay with it. You know, you got to no, well, no. keep on speaking talking. speaking of bad incidents. Yeah. Let's get into question number 5. And in, in, in this uh, category, it's very important for us to protect the innocent and the guilty. <laughs> and the guilty, that's right. So question number 5, health code violations. So tell us some of the nasty stuff. I mean, stuff yeah, you've I mean, just general scenes. people like that don't clean enough, and you find you know mold and fun stuff like that. Um, some of my favorite stuff is probably I call it fossilized fruit, where maybe like like a whole lime will get like behind a cooler and like it's probably there for like four years, and, and you, <laughs> have a, you have a bar clean and you pull the yeah. cooler out and you find it. And this piece of fruit is either black and hard as a rock, or it's white and hard as a rock, but it's almost like it becomes fossilized, petrified. Even. And what I understand is is like this thing's got to smell when it happens, right? Like there's no way it just it just fossilizes doesn't smell like anything so at some point somebody had got a whiff of this thing but then it gets past the point where it just becomes a fossil and you have this fossilized fruit hiding somewhere forever you know next to a piece of broken glass and like a bottle cap and it's you know behind some cooler forever just hanging out <laughs> and i thought you were actually gonna go to uh when you said fossilized fruit to the fruit that's cut on monday that's still being oh, served I have on very saturday high, as yes. a garnish I have very high fruit standards. Yeah, and me too. That, if it's, it's, it's more the day old, it kind of bothers me. It's and always been a frustration. Another thing, too, is when you go to a restaurant and you get a lime and the thing's half brown. Yeah. Like, that's, oh, like yeah. don't give it to a customer. You're out, you're out of limes or you get another one. You I will say this, though. I will take an old piece of lime or a brown piece of lime before I take a piece of lime with a goddamn sticker on it. Oh, the stickers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. Do Does that know? happen? Has that happened to you? Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. So oh, many yeah. bartenders cut them with the stickers and leave the stickers on. It is so no. frustrating. But... The funny thing is, do you know that all stickers, and this is an FDA standard, all stickers edible. for fruit and produce are made out of sugar and are edible. Really? Yes, 100%. The adhesive that's on there is made out of, um, 
uh, non-chemical adhesive, and the actual physical sticker can be dissolved. It's, it's literally <laughs> sugar paper. And so every single sticker that's used for produce is edible and safe for a human being. I'm not telling you to go eat stickers, people. I know. But at the same I can't time, help. <laughs> like, listen, if I'm gonna order, if I'm gonna order my Cuba Libre with a twist, my twist better not have a motherfucking sticker on it. God damn <laughs> yeah, it! Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't help but thinking of Charlie and It's Always Sunny. It's like I eat stickers all the time, man. It was gross. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> can't help uh, myself. Charlie uh, is not the not the uh, bar standard we need to be. Uh, no, absolutely to. not. There's also another uh, scene in that show where he talks about. Um, He's like, dude, I don't need to wash my hands. It's not going to hurt me. And they're like, dude, you've been bashing rats all day. Okay? <laughs> it's not for you. It's for the customer. So definitely not the standard we are trying to hold ourselves to. The Always Sunny is definitely a good show to, for bartending. Oh it's a bartending <laughs> staple if you've it's ever been fantastic. in this but, All right, man. You have made it halfway through the gauntlet. We're going to take a little break for halftime, and we will be back in just a second with some fresh drinks and some fresh stories. We'll see you all in a minute. This episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast is brought to you by CIC PowerBox, your all-in-one portable power solution for AC electric, compressed air, and heavy-duty jumpstart. Our patented technology provides silent and emission-free power that recharges while you drive. With customers ranging from farmers and contractors to highway departments and military bases, the CIC PowerBox name has been put to the test for over a decade in the hardest-working environments. Whether you're working remote or have limited access to a power source, CIC PowerBox will help you get the job done. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerBox.com to view our product line. CIC PowerBox. Wherever you go, go with power. Okay, welcome back, people. Did you miss us? It was only a shake and a few ads, but I... I missed you too. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I have a fresh drink in front of me and a beautiful Pacifico to complement this. I don't know really what you'd call an old fashioned with a beer back. It's not quite a uh, boiler maker. Uh, we'd have to come up with a, maybe a better name for that. But this is a great one of my favorite combinations. This is a shitty beer and a great cocktail right next to it. Um, <laughs> before we get back into the gauntlet, Eric, I have a very very important question that I need to ask you. Ranch or blue cheese? Blue cheese. Oh, okay. Cool. So I have a question. It's so quick. All right, cool. We're good. You could soak my body and then I'd just lick it all off myself. It's fine. All right, we're good. Yeah. Solid. Wonderful. We should have known. This man has taste. Yeah. He, kn- How do he knows what's good. you feel about ranch? Do you still eat ranch? I like ranch, yeah. Okay. Say, do you see this, people? This is a man who's adamant about his blue cheese, but not in the least about eating of the ranch or probably ranch eaters. If I mean, I, I like both, but blue cheese is 100% better. Have you ever noticed how people who are exclusive ranch and don't like blue cheese judge those of us who eat blue cheese? They do. It's very... It's not just it's not just that they judge. It's how they eat it. Yeah. It's just like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. one of the last episodes, the lady who ordered a bowl of ranch. Oh, people yeah. are like, yeah, I need a lot of ranch. And you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. It, it does kind of remind <laughs> me of that scene in Scarface where, uh, at the end, where all the... <laughs> All the people are uh, are coming in to kill uh, Tony Montana, and he's just in his office with a fucking pile of cocaine. With a pile of cocaine, that's there, how, there's a meme that's there. That's how the ranch elitists eat ranch. They fucking <laughs> take it up the nose. It's dude, it is I'm, ridiculous. I'm making that meme later. That's going to be posted is, on this episode it description. Is <laughs> um, all right, question number six, my friend. Ratchet and crazy customers. Um, 
Tell me about these really memorable, insane people. Or also, Mike, we've expanded this category to... Yeah, to memorable customers. Maybe you don't want to take a negative route with it. Maybe there's somebody that really shines in your memory and you want to give them a little shout out. Te- teach the people how to be a good patron. Yeah, that being said, we we do love the Ratchet customers yes, a yes, lot. Oh, they're, especially in Baltimore, you get a nice little mix of this. Um, you know, the people that walk in the door and they're like, let me get a butt ice. And you're like, I'm sorry, sir, we don't have any butt ice. <laughs> and they seem perplexed by that. And uh, maybe this is the wrong establishment for you. And then maybe you should go somewhere else. Don't they sell butt ice in, like, single beer bottles generally at, at the convenience store? you said Aftershock? No, no, we don't. Sorry. <laughs> Aftershock. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, there was this one time, actually. It was, it was kind of funny because it, it was an old guy that did it. I was, uh, I was working at uh, Cooper's North, which is uh, in Timonium, very nice, wealthy area kind of around there. There's a lot of good people, a lot of old people. And uh, it was burger night, and I was at the, the uh, when we had the old bar, I was the only bartender on. And it was towards the end of burger night. It was around like 9.30. And this old gentleman came in, probably in the 70s, and he orders a burger medium rare with cheese and fries. Nothing special. So I bring it in. The guy's got a beer in front of him. So about five to seven minutes after I ring the guy's burger in, he stands up and starts screaming at me and goes, where the fuck is my burger, man? It's been a half hour. <laughs> Right? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, he started just cussing at me, so I was already, like, off the handle at that point. So I'm like, whoa, 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 man. It's been, like, fucking, like, eight minutes, man. You need to chill the fuck out. I was like, you know what? Let me go see where it is. I'll be right back. So I run the kitchen. They're, like, plating it up as I'm back in the kitchen, which is actually a pretty fast burger, honestly. Like, about eight minutes, you know, six, seven minutes for a burger. What was the temp? Mm -hmm. Medium rare. I remember quite well. I was going to say well done. So I come out. I slap it in front of him. I go, get the fuck out of here. You can't be in here at all. I was like, he started, like, screaming at me as all shit. And I I was like, get the fuck out of here. So my manager is just watching me do his whole thing. Just lets, me, lets it happen. Doesn't care at all. It's like, whatever. So the guy leaves. I eat his burger. It's the best burger I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh. Wait, you brought you brought the check to him or the burger? No, no, no. no. no I, didn't tell, I didn't bring anything to him. I told him to get the fuck out because he was like a cute – You okay. know what I mean? Like he basically I was like, we're done. Get out. I'm done with you. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Don't awesome. ever come back here again, blah, 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 blah. So I eat his burger. I'm sitting at he... the bar eating his burger, like all happy. It's the best burger i ever had in my life. You know, my manager's ever just laughing. He's like, whatever, dude, you do what you had to do. So – Funny story about this guy. So I wasn't there, but apparently he came back the next day. No. He left $40 do, and doesn't remember a single thing that happened. Mm. He must have had Alzheimer's, so I feel kind of bad now. Wait, you so think he, he was drunk? He came back the next okay, day yeah. and, and wasn't quite sure what happened and left $40 for me. Oh, he. Oh, I'm sorry. Because he, he didn't I'm know sorry. what happened. He couldn't remember what happened. I thought you were saying he was also no. drunk the next day. You're saying no. he was so blacked out the day before. No, he wasn't black at all. He was. I he think he had felt bad. He felt guilty. Mm. And he guilt-tipped the bar. Apparently, because I came in and my manager was like, he came and left you 40 bucks. I'm like, what? Was, like, he literally was screaming at me after five minutes. He must have had Alzheimer's. I feel bad now about it. But it's the fact that he just stood up and just started out of nowhere just being like, where the fuck is my burger at? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like strangely a, a, oh. a, a memorable customer and a ratchet customer and a crazy <laughs> customer all rolled into yeah. one. Because I did he burger. act crazy? <laughs> yes. Was he ex- dis- exp- uh, displaying ratchet behavior? Absolutely. Did he come back in and tip you 40 bucks for his bad behavior? <laughs> sure. And is he memorable? You're goddamn right. That, I mean, that is crazy. Wow. God God bless that old man. Yeah. I feel I feel kind of like bad afterwards. At the same time, he just, I mean, he starts screaming at me. What am I going to do? Yeah. Well, it wasn't I, like we had a relationship. I, I didn't know the guy. Some people's time clocks are really tough. Like, I love how some customers, the way that they set their time clock is when they walked in the fucking front door. And it's like, <laughs> I've been here for 30 minutes. I'm like, sir, uh... You walked in at 2. You got sat at 2.05. We got your drinks by 2.10. You put in your order at 2.15. It's now 2.25, okay? You have not been here for a half hour. You certainly haven't ordered a half hour ago, okay? Uh, it, it's a, it's always a, a, some questionable math on the time clock. But then again, you know, America is what? 
27th in the world in math ranking or, <laughs> or something like that. So what am I supposed to expect? Um, and I'm the asshole in the service industry. What do you do for work, sir? This is bullshit. I'm sorry. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call back down here. I just uh, Number seven. As I'm feeling aggressive, what a, what a time to ask this question. Fights, arrests, and fires. One of my favorite categories. I am a bit of a pyro, so I love a good fire. Tell us about uh, <laughs> some of the times that shit has popped off. So when I first started bartending, obviously I'm old, uh, you could still smoke in bars for a little bit. So when I used to work at Bill Bateman's, people would just chain smoke in your face. And I mean Yikes. literally cigarette after cigarette. Ripping keen. Chain smoke in your face, okay? Ripping keen. I would get nosebleeds every once in a while from <laughs> inhaling all the smoke. People would think I was doing other things with the nosebleeds, and I, I don't do those other things, but they think I do. And I would be accused all the time of being like, hey, you all right? I'm like, no, it's your fucking smoke in my face for fucking three hours, you, you asshole. You also have a lot of energy. I do, yes. I mean, I, I, mean, I get listen, that. Listen, I've gotten accused of that a lot over the years, too. Like, dude, do you have a problem? I'm like, I don't even touch this. Do you many times people have come to me, like random customers trying to find drugs because they think I'm doing that? <laughs> 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 like, you know where I can, uh, we're snowing? And I'm like, nah, not really. Sorry, man. I like, th- do I? they double down and be like, dude, but you. Are you sure? <laughs> like, pretty sure. Actually, downers are where it's at. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, so was there like, a, I mean, I can picture Madge sitting at the bar just like, hey, Eric, I need another middle so, light. Just fucking chain so smoking our marble reds. But. Fires, so trash can fires were very common because oh. you would throw the ashtray ashes right in, right in the trash can fire. So every mm. once in a while you see a little smoke pot off a trash can, take it over the water gun, hit the water gun, take it out back, you know, take it to the dumpster, do <laughs> like that. So there were a couple of trash yeah, can fires. Inside the bar. Yeah, yeah. inside the Jesus bar, yeah. So, so this was a, this was at uh, Bateman's. And it, was a, it was a large bar. There was about four or five trash cans behind the bar. And, it's, you know, once a shift or so, a trash can would catch on fire. So that was fun. So uh, I was very happy when they, uh, when they, they changed the law on that and you couldn't smoke in the bars anymore because that was obviously a good thing for everyone. Um, but that was uh, – it was – you guys aren't used to that because it was a long, long time ago. But uh, yeah. it was not a good time uh, for people that worked in bars if they, people were just chain-smoking your face hey, all the there's a there's a strip club in the area that we'll take our friends to. Steve's been to called uh, the Body Shop, and uh, you can smoke in there. Yeah. And there's pool tables it's, and strippers. And I I have to agree with you. Even as somebody who's smoked off and on, I'm still smoking now because whatever. Um, but I would not want to sit in a bar full of cigarette smoke. I'll go out. World? I'll go outside. Do you guys remember back in the day, like smoke. Bob Evans would have a separate room, like a smoking room, yes. and it was like glass enclosed. And yes. if you go in yeah. there, it smelled. It was so fucking disgusting. Yes. Like it was, and the people in there would just be like, they had like they're like you know like air machine, lug machine on. They'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> just put it, put it in the hole in their in their yeah. throat. Yeah. And I'm like, smoke so that law was obviously a good thing for for everyone. Obviously, my, my yeah, first ever job. That. My first ever job in the business was in 2005, 2006, and that's when the ordinance got passed in Maryland to say, "Hey, you can't smoke in bars anymore." And it's just yeah, like because a the uh, rule. and uh, even the uh, even the diner we worked at had a smoking room. Yeah, 100. percent And it's just uh, it's so crazy to to consider that that was a time like food and drink is so aromatic based. The idea mm-hmm. of like the quality of the food and drink being affected so much by this entire place smells like a fucking chimney. How am I supposed to enjoy my salad or my steak or my cocktail when it also smells like a fucking chimney, you know? Because so. well, back in those days, everybody fucking smoked. Yeah. So and nobody I'm cared. You, it wasn't like, it, I'm point. telling you, it wasn't like they would have a cigarette occasionally. When people were drinking, some of those regulars, oh, yeah. I mean, they crush a pack in like three hours. And yeah. I'm like, how oh, are yeah. you alive right oh, now? Yeah. It just blows my mind. I don't know. Just insane. Yeah. Insane. So that's yeah. I mean, as far nope. as like, I've really had they, like crazy fight stories, like well, little fights that broke it up and stuff. But like, listen, nothing crazy. fires in the trash can on your <laughs> but ship. It was so common. It was talk, about common a t- thing. talk about it. Talk about a you know. Let me tell you something. The barbacks these days, they don't make barbacks anymore. They stopped making barbacks ten years ago. Nah, cell phones were in them. Barbacks are weak. 
They're weak and they're distracted and they're fucking babies. The, when I was bar back and back in the day, and the bar back side back in my dude, day, they would no, no. I'm being, I'm being dead serious. If, if the U.S. military only was stocked with like bar backs from the, like 1975 to 2005, we'd be good to go. Bar backs will run through a, a good one. Will run through a wall. He can take on ten men. He's gonna flip trash cans and ice and beer like nothing. He's gonna see a trash can fire and it's like I got this. He's gonna spit on it and put it out. I'm just saying Jesus. they do not make barbacks like they used to. But the idea of, of running into a trash can fire inside the restaurant is something a little bit daunting. I mean that's yeah. that's that's something else. But I right, Mike, team up for number eight, the sexy Lexi. All right, the sexy Lexi. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the one of the stories or one of the categories. God, you ruined it by doing that to me. Um, we want to hear about sex stories. <laughs> Have you ever seen anything? Have you ever been, you this made is that seem mess. so invasive. This All is right. a fucking mess. The bar business. What are you wearing right now? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm still wearing my fucking pajamas. The bar business. <laughs> jam, jam, <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. Fuck off. <laughs> it creates a lot of friction, right? And people are close quarters behind the pipes. Uh, we just want to hear. And also, about you some... got you got customers coming in there, drinking, having a good time. That's they might right. feel a little cavalier. We want to hear some crazy tales. All right, so obviously I've been flash plenty of times over the years. You know, and usually it's like I don't offer the you know the lovely lady offers, and they're just kind of like, hey, you want to see these? I'm like, yeah, sure, cool. And then they pop them out. Not even like, for my bar. <laughs> no, even. just for fun, just for like in general, just like, hey, you know what? Here you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. I will cherish <laughs> that forever. Um, Little do you know, I love what you're showing me very much so, and thank you very much for your gift. And little do you know, I will share this on a podcast. <laughs> now, now, would you accept that as a tip? Um, more of a bonus, kind of than a tip. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would. Yeah. I think it's more of just like you're. You were clearly blessed with a gift that you're meant to share the world, and I'm glad that you're not containing uh, your gift and you're letting your gift show uh, for me to see. And I, I take that. tips and tits. <laughs> yes, but it not tips and tits. not uh, not ex- not exclusive to the other. It's got to be both. It's a both kind mm-hmm. of yes. So I do have a story that my uh, my friend told, but he did not do it the justice it deserves, and I am going to give it the justice it deserves because I was the one that was involved in it, and I was the one that kind of saw the whole thing go down. That's right, Kyle Wendell. We are going to uh, put this story on wax uh, from a new perspective. Uh-oh. Um, I believe if you guys listened to an older episode, there was a, a figure person introduced named Billy, Billy the Cat, and uh, yes, Billy was, uh, was very privileged one day with some other uh, excellent sites. So um, I label the story as simple as two girls, one cat. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> two two he girls. Did, one he pussy. just took a vigorous <laughs> sip of water because he knows how good he just did with that introduction. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I'm proud of myself." I've had that one for a while. It's anyway. time for a sip of water. <laughs> so this was uh, this was in the city, um, and Kyle did tell the story, but he missed out a lot of important details that I will fill out for us. So it was the Saturday around Halloween. It was not Halloween yet, but that Saturday close to Halloween is always a very, very big drinking day in Fells Point. People dress up like idiots. They act like idiots. They get absolutely blackout drunk. The streets are riddled with people. It's a very sloppy, sloppy, sloppy night. My so kind of time. I was working a double that day, which I did often on Saturdays. And, of course, we're busy as day, all day long. You know, Super busy, super busy. Slam, whatever. Um, it was probably around, I want to say, 10 o'clock at night. So this building had a downstairs bar, had a second floor bar, and it had a third floor, which was an office and a storage area and a bathroom and stuff like that. So I was working on the second floor, as I usually did, and we're busy. Kind of calmed down a little bit, and I think, I believe, if I remember this correctly, I killed a bottle of Fireball, and I need to get another bottle of Fireball. 
So we kept the liquor upstairs in the office, basically locked up so people couldn't get to it, you know, stuff like that. So I'm in a playful mood, you know, it's busy, we're having fun, you know, I'm already kind of in a playful mood with everybody, so it's, you know, having a good night, it's fun, good vibes. So I walk upstairs, and I grab a bottle of Fireball from the liquor shelf. Out of the corner of my eye, I notice some movement in the office. So I thought it was a manager or something, you know, in the office doing something. So I was going to go in there, and I was going to kind of, like, you know, mess around with him, say something stupid, and, like, walk away. So I walk into this office, and there are two girls in there looking at me. One is on her back on the main desk, sprawled out. The other girl is aggressively kind of, like, in front of her, like, you know, into her a little bit. And verbatim, this is what I said to them. I walked into the room, and I go, you guys can't be in here. <laughs> All right? And the, girl, the one girl kind of, like, looks at me, and she's wasted out of her mind. These two girls were not familiar to me. I don't know where they came from. I don't know how they got there. Um, there are a couple of different access points to that office, so chances are they just slid in there, and nobody noticed they did it. Um, either way, these two girls are in the office. So I, I walk in there, and I go, what are you guys doing in here? And the girl kind of looks at me. I'm trying to put the pieces together what's happening. So I'm looking around. Meanwhile, there's drawers everywhere full of cash. It's just all around the office. And I, look, I literally said these words. I said, there's a lot of cash in here. And the girl looks at me and goes, yeah, there is. <laughs> so Nondescript, yeah. They go, I'm like, all right, guys, you got to go. Like, I, gotta, I was like, all right, guys, you got to go. So they grab their stuff. They get together, can, grab can their I, stuff. Can I ask you a question while we're talking about the grabbing their stuff and getting together? And this was something that was not clear when Swindell told the story. Um how clothed or not clothed were okay. they? Because I know I think we've all been there where we're having like spontaneous sex and like your pants are around your ankles or your shirt's not off and like it's because you're worried that you're gonna have to get dressed quickly. Yes. So uh, the later part of the story will explain some more of that. Oh, okay. I'm um, sorry. This is this is what okay. I dealt with initially. So I walked in there. They were mostly clothed. I don't. I didn't really notice them being like not clothed. I just thought they were wasted and just you know wandered in there or whatever. Right. Right. So. As I'm talking to these girls, you know, they grab the, the one girl's cell phone's on the desk. I grab the desk. I'm like, I'm being nice to them. I'm not being like mean to them or anything. Right, right. And, uh, and I'm like, hey, guys, you guys can't leave yet. I was like, we got to check the cameras to make sure you guys didn't take anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think you did, but I need to check the cameras. So the, when I said the word cameras, the one girl's face absolutely just drops. I mean, she looks at me like <laughs> I stole her soul, and she just is like, oh, Jesus Christ. So I was like, all right, guys, follow me. So at, on this night, we had bouncers. We wouldn't normally have bouncers on a Saturday night. Sometimes we would, but because it was a Halloween weekend, we had bouncers. So... I walk downstairs with them. I make the bouncer hold them at the front door. I'm like, hey, guys, they can't leave. They need to stay here. They can't leave. So I grab my manager. I t- during this process, I grab my manager. He already ran up in the office was checking the cameras. So when the girls are being held downstairs, I walk back upstairs into the office. My two managers on duty are in the office. I walk in the office. They're laughing their asses off. My one manager picks up the one girl's underwear and goes, well, they left this. Mm. So there was a pair of underwear <laughs> oh left on the desk God. in the office, okay? So he's already got the camera feet up, okay? So at this point, I'm like, did they steal anything? And they're just laughing. They're going, no, they didn't steal anything. So I run downstairs, and I tell the bouncer to let him go. So the two girls are allowed to be released to freedom, whatever. Yeah, how embarrassing waiting so, there that whole time, too. The good thing about this camera is the quality wasn't the greatest in the office. So you can see things, but you can't quite see everything. So it's not really embarrassing. I didn't feel bad looking at it, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So essentially what happened was we watched the video many, many times. So essentially these <laughs> girls somehow managed to wander up into the office. One was very small and petite. The other one was a little bit more of a larger woman, a little more Amazonian-like, a little bit more aggressive, apparently. They both were clearly wasted out of their mind, like wasted. You can so see it from the, the video. Line. The video shows. Yeah. We had the, the video showed. They basically, like, kind of, like, are making out, and they kind of, like, stumble into the office, right? So there's, like, crap in the office, right? So the one girl literally, like, making out. It's sloppy. It's weird, you know? So the one girl kind of, like, knocks things off the, 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 the office uh, desk. Yeah. 
So the one girl's like, you know, kind of sitting on the desk. They're making out. She's kind of like pushing into her. So the one girl kind of lays down on her back on the desk. So the other more aggressive girl gets on top of her, starts making out, right? Blah, blah, blah. They're making out, right? So she starts to try and like pull off her shorts. She's wearing like kind of like basketball kind of shorts, like a thin, like meshy short. Okay. Like shorts. So she's having some trouble. She's tugging at it. The other girl's not helping out a whole lot, right? So they're kind of fighting. She's sitting there like making out. They're like fighting these shorts for a while, right? So the smaller, <laughs> more petite girl who was on the desk was clearly like not as into it as the more aggressive girl was. The more like the more like dominant, aggressive, larger girl yeah. who was kind of attacking the smaller or may- girl. Maybe she was just a pillow princess. You never know. Maybe, but she clearly wasn't as into it. Regardless, she eventually managed to remove her shorts and also her underwear. So at this point, things are exposed. The camera doesn't really show much, so I didn't feel bad watching it. Uh, so the other girl starts going down on the, the younger, more petite girl on the table. And uh, she's going to town down there for a couple minutes. The other girl is absolutely lifeless. She's not moaning. She's not moving her hands. She's sitting there like a slug. Just absolutely, just, oh. just I mean, nothing. And as a guy, if that's happening to a girl you're taking care of, it's kind of sad and embarrassing because you feel like that I'm into it. So I, I, I've been there. I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so the girl, she's got her legs around her head. She's on her knees. She's going to town down there. So like Kyle said... There was Billy. So we had cats that would stay in the building. They'd stay in the office during the day. They would release them at night. They would roam the building at night and keep mice away and rats away. And Are it you was serious? helpful. I'm being dead serious, yes. So in the morning. That's what Disney World does. So you know in that. the morning, whoever opened would find the cat, <laughs> put, it back, put, put the cat back on the office. So this is a common thing we did. I don't know if it was against health code or what, but we did it, and it helped, and it worked. It wasn't like he was like out and about, you know, doing no, gallivanting around. Oh, are you kidding me? If I went to a bar and there were cats roaming around, I would be just thrilled. Oddly, oddly awesome. enough, the bar is named after a dog, which is even weirder. But anyway, <laughs> that's true. So, in this video, so Billy basically lives in the office. He lives in the upstairs. So, as this one girl is going to town and the other girl, and she's, I mean, she's into it now. She's down there. She's going to town, right? Going, going hard. Billy hops up on the desk and starts trotting around. Goes basically goes around the one girl, okay? So, Billy approaches... Wait, wait, like outlining her like she kinda a like dead went, body? She kind of she kinda like, went, no, she kinda like went around her, right? And so Billy gets close to the action, right? So the girl's got her face down there, legs are on her, like on her shoulders. Billy literally gets within inches of this girl, right? The girl stops what she's doing, lifts her head, looks at Billy, who was within inches of her, takes a big breath, and goes right back down. <laughs> Unfazed <laughs> the fact that there was a cat just staring inches away from clam. you eating out this other eating female. Clam. Hey, My you're getting you're getting down to business. Billy. Then I mean. becomes obviously bored with the situation and hops off the desk and then walks around. <laughs> About three minutes later, you see Billy run out of the room when I come into the room, and you see me walk into the video, and then the girls proceed to clean up everything like that. But it went on for it was a good solid six or seven minutes. Of, so they nice. they kind of got themselves cleaned up before you came in. I, I think it was more maybe just like all right, put these shorts on real quick. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, the thing heard, is, oh, okay. they might have heard. I you opened gra- up the heavy fire door. That's they like might have heard you grabbing liquor, yeah. and they there was a slight delay there. You know what right, I mean? There was right, like a good right, twenty right. seconds probably. In Where they heard the some door. noise, and they kind well, of scurried yeah, to yeah. get themselves. So they had a chance together. to, to kind of like why zip you up. didn't initially be like, Whoa. no. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I did. I just re- I didn't really know what was going on at first. I kind of was putting the pieces together, and I was like, wait a minute, what the hell? Like, you know, like what the hell? And then I was like, oh, they're not doing anything. They're fine. You know, I mean, they're harmless. But that video we had, and of course we we had a copy of it. And it got it got passed around pretty good for a while. Like people that I even know were coming up to me and being like, "Can I see it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So <laughs> the video was around a lot. So God. so I lost the video over the years. I don't have it anymore. I don't know if I'm getting another phone or something lost it. I'm sure this video exists somewhere. I don't know where, but I'm sure somebody has it saved because it did definitely get around a little bit. You don't see anything bad. The angle is perfect because you don't. The girls, whoever it is, whoever these girls are, um, I hope to God one of them remembered this night. Just one of them. 
Or they opened up the They're one, unidentified. Or they woke up in the morning and she's like, where's my underwear? Not to mention, if you're going to be in a public <laughs> building where you know you're on camera, you know, of all the places to have sex, maybe not in the office of a bar. But the thing about it is, too, yeah. what if they were left alone for another, like, five minutes? Oh, man. Like, what would, we, what would, we, what would have transpired? You could have come in scissoring while they're both petting Billy. Exactly. So yeah. I don't oh know if, if it was the timing was just perfect. And, like, there's a <laughs> chan- and there was a good chance they'd be up there for a while without anybody up there. My God, that's incredible. So uh, that was one of the craziest. That was uh, incredible. Billy the cat. But uh, I used to Billy hate. Billy the cat. So I used to hate cats, and I'm, I'm not a cat guy. My dad was very allergic to cats growing up. I am, I'm a dog guy all the way. I'm not Same. a cat guy. I gained some respect for Billy that day. I did. Yeah. Billy, Billy, Billy definitely. <laughs> I used to literally, like, cuss Billy out. And, like, you know, not, like, in a mean way. I'd just be like, what do you do all day? You're worthless. Like, you know, just get a job kind of thing. Because um, <laughs> that's what cats, yeah, cats are really, just kind of what they do. Um so me and Billy, yeah, me and Billy were a little bit, we were a little bit closer that day. We did. We 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 gained a relationship. Um, you know, he was into similar things I was into. Um, it was really like <laughs> we became kind of friends that day. And uh, and I don't know what happened to Billy. I don't know if Billy's still around. I don't I don't know. But oh, uh, but uh, if you are not around anymore, Billy, you know, you always have your stories. That might be his peak too. That might know? that probably was the moment of the peak. Yeah, of of, of like, and as a cat. <laughs> Like, obviously, when you're doing something like that to another person, human being, there are some aromas that do aerate around the air space in the, in the room. Like, is Billy into that? Does Billy smell that? Or is Billy like, hey, oh, God. what's up? You know, what what's is going that? on? What is that? What is that, what is what is that delicious tuna? aroma? You is know? that tuna? <laughs> yeah, there, you had to go there. <laughs> I was holding myself back. Oh, just, so I'm just saying, though, like, as, as a cat, like, is that, you know, are you into that? Are you not into that? You know, what's, what's it about? You know? That's incredible. That's so. incredible. Now, he was one uh, face lick away. I mean, uh, from being in, really, really being involved in. I mean, he was right there. Yeah, that's it. I just love how the girl wasn't even like phased so by it. She literally just looked at him, took a big deep breath, and then went right back down. That's what you want is the like ten second slow motion where she's like coming up for air. That's literally yeah. That's how it happened. Eye to eye with the cat. How far do you think her face was within from a foot? The cat? Oh, that's fantastic. It was, it was pretty glorious. That's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I just I just really hope that those girls either remembered it. Learned a valuable lesson that day, or still together today, and it was like part of maybe the moment that brought them together more. Mm. So you know, I love it, man. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you as a cat owner, you just have to get used to a little voyeurism. It's just gonna happen. Yeah, that's all. Actually, you need to, get used to extend to. on that too, too. <laughs> Sometimes like late night, and you know people are wasted at the bar, and you can clearly tell when some some girl's moving, and she, you can tell you tell that she's basically jerking off her friend. That happens a lot too. You see that you know behind the bar, and they're kind of like doing one of these. You know, yeah, kind of things, yeah, you know? yeah. Really? Oh yeah, you never seen that before. <laughs> We used to have. No, I, I worked. I worked in a little bit more classy establishment. I worked in a place one time that had a very high bar top, to where um, the the angle that the bartenders was work were working at compared to the angle the customers were standing at was probably a difference of a foot and a half to two feet. So the bartenders were almost like raised up, and the bar was normal for us, but any patron they would have these really high chairs. It was almost like a high top bar. And so constantly, constantly, we would have people either having sex or trying to have sex right at the bar, where they would just Gross. be like behind their lady. Yeah. Or, or, da- or the clubs when they're dancing in the corner, right, like 100%. a skirt. You know what I mean? And like you'd that's have to be like, God damn it, man! <laughs> Literally, zip your pants up. What are you doing right now? I got other people in here. This is, yeah, this is crazy. This it's is not. It's not that kind of club. Yeah. Um, all right, number nine, hazing, pranks, and games. This is Mike and I's favorite category. What do you do to pass the time when work is slow at the bar? Uh, well, first and foremost, like I clean, um, <laughs> which which other people would, would would obviously uh, join the fun with that as well. I mean, there's you know there's obviously stocking, cleaning, blah 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 blah, but just screwing around stuff. Um, 
I mean, I like to mess with people. It's definitely something I, I do enjoy doing. Um, there's always the, there's always the old trick of you know empty the hot water heater machine. That's always a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, from the from like the coffee yeah yeah because they have a yeah. water supply hooked up to them and they'll never empty ever. But uh, <laughs> usually you can get somebody for a while on that one. That's always a good one. That's a, um, <laughs> a classic. I like to tip out people in interesting ways. Like if I'm tipping somebody like a bar back out or something like that, I'll put their uh, their money in a in a like a weird like in a pen in a weird way, or I'll like you know put it in a rubber band in a strange way, or like you know put it inside of a glass or something strange. I don't know. I just like yeah. make like little containers. I don't know. We like we that. once went to see our friend Dirty Tom when he first got his serving gig at the diner, and we took his entire tip, put it in a glass, uh, poured water in it, flipped it with a menu, and left <laughs> his entire tip submerged in water in an upside down glass where he had to. Spill it all out all, all over his table. So I love that one too. That's always a classic. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good one. Um, God, I'm trying to think of a really good example. I couldn't think of like a really. What really about great... games? I mean, just you personally. Like I, I know I, I know you and some of the bars that you've worked in. You found yourself behind a bar that you're setting up in the morning, for example, where no one else is really there. It's not the bar bag. It's not the other servers yet. You are setting up that bar in the morning. And maybe you're done, and you're just waiting for those customers to come in. What are you doing to pass the time, uh, you know, just maybe to entertain yourself if it's not watching TV or just, you know, looking for other spot things to clean or stock? Um, I mean, I talk to people. I'm a talker. You know, I like to enjoy talking to conversation with people. You know, maybe mess around with a little bit, make a yeah, joke talk or two. talk to the chef or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, go back in the kitchen, mess around with the chef, you know, kind of stuff like that, see what's going on uh, for the day. I don't That's really sorry. I'm the best answer for that one. Did like anybody that. ever try to prank you early on? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. So uh, when I used, when I used to work at Bateman's, uh, one of my first bar back and shifts, uh, my tip out was made into a sundae. So they took my cash and tip out and literally made an ice cream, whipped cream, chocolate, cherry sundae out of it and said, "Have fun." So I had to pull wow. all the money out. Wow. I had to wash the money off. I had to dry the money, and uh, they thought that was pretty hilarious. I'm and, now, uh, do you see how that that PTSD translated to how you <laughs> do your tip outs? You do see that, yes. like you, yeah. you, you kind of, but, but I'm weird about money. Like you don't staple money. You don't put. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things. Like you know, people staple like staples of money. Like I'm not okay with that kind of crap. You know, it's like you know, it's money. You gotta keep it like money, clean, you know, you know, nice. But like it's funny. It's fun. It's still cash at the end of the day. Goddamn right. Well, that's a good. One. Um. All right. We have come to the very end. Bravo, my friend. You have made it through the gauntlet. This is the final question. Number 10, firing and quitting stories, or as Mike and I affectionately call this category, getting 86 I like that. That's a good category. So I worked at an Italian restaurant, and this is a girl quitting. I thought it was a really funny story. So it was an Italian restaurant. In this restaurant, they offered, like, a grilled, like, garden salad with grilled shrimp. They offered a shrimp salad salad, which was a mayonnaise, celery, shrimp salad on top of a garden salad. You could also get these options on top of a Caesar salad or any other salad you wanted. So there was a grilled shrimp salad, and there was a shrimp salad salad. So there were two different options, okay? So this was a server that was working. So one table, she had like an eight-top. We're busy. It's like a Friday night. We're slammed. You know, everybody's busy as shit. And for some reason, this server, like, could not bring these salads in the right way. So there was a shrimp grilled salad, and there was a shrimp salad salad. And there was, like, eight variations of this this one table. Just to be clear, again, I think a lot of people listening are not big seafood or not from big seafood areas. So to clarify, shrimp salad is just like chicken salad, right? It's made with mayonnaise and 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 celery and spices and all that good stuff. And it's like a cold served salad. And a lot of people like to actually get that on top of a fre- like a green fresh salad, where they will have a, like a scoop of chicken salad or a scoop of shrimp salad on that. But another option is to get cooked individual shrimp on a salad. 
And it's super common in Baltimore that a restaurant will have both. And the way they're labeled in the computer will not be distinguishably clear. So I can kind of sympathize with this girl. But what you're trying to say, I think, is that during a busy rush, she keeps ringing in the opposite one, right? Yeah, essentially. Or just trying to figure out. She was kind of new. She's trying to figure out like what was going on. So her and the one, the one, the one uh, kitchen staff member are like screaming each other in the back, just back and forth, trying to figure out like what they want, whatever. So she basically says, "Fuck this!" Throws all of her shit in the counter and just walks right out, right? <laughs> so my manager looks at me and he's what like, time? Uh, "Like it was like eight o'clock or nine o'clock. We were busy, okay, you know what still, I mean?" Still rough. So my manager looks at me and he's like, "All right, her table's yours. Have fun." <laughs> so I was like, "Meanwhile, I'm like busy as shit." And I'm just like, "All right." So the table that had the discrepancy, it was like it's eight top. And I woke up at this table, and I'm like, hey, guys, um, so I'm Eric. I'm like, uh, your server quit, and she left, so she's gone. <laughs> you did and the one guy the one guy looked at me, and he goes, was it because of us? And I go, absolutely. <laughs> 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 and, they, and it was kind of funny, but just the fact that, like, it was just, like, the fact that she was like, fuck this, and just, like, walked right out. That's and awesome. I had to go over to, like, hey, guys, how's everybody doing? <laughs> like, I love that. So it was really, it's a funny, it just stuck in my head just because, like, I don't know, it was just, like, the, because of this discrepancy, this girl just couldn't handle it anymore, and she just literally just said, I'm done, and just fucking walked out. Yeah. And just, and uh, just do left. you remember how that table tipped you? I do not remember. That's a very, very long time yeah. ago. I mean, they were happy because everything came out fine. That they were happy. It was just, yeah, it was yeah. just kind of like they felt, like, felt bad a little bit because they kind of like maybe were annoying to her, but they weren't at the same time. I don't know. That I will say that absolutely was the perfect line for so many reasons. You have to be cheeky there. If you're like, yeah. oh no, it wasn't you. <laughs> you're wonderful. It's gonna seem disingenuous if you go too far and be like, yeah. It was your fault. You're a bunch of cunts. That's going to be, like, too harsh. So you have to be, like, you have to be, like, quick with it and cheeky and, and also efficient to the point of, like, guys, she ain't coming back, okay? I'm yeah. here to help you. Let's advance now which, this. Now, which one of you assholes situation. ordered the shrimp salad salad? <laughs> right. But it was, like, six of them. That's the worst part. It was like Who wants bunch. this? Who wants that? Let's just get it. Let's get it figured out right now. So – he absolutely probably disarmed them a little bit. That was probably yeah, you know, and it, like it was, it, they seemed fine with it. It was like you know, it was just kind of. I think they felt some guilt too there because they felt like maybe they were annoying and made this girl stress out and whatever. Yeah. But that's what happens in businesses. It all takes is one bad moment, and instead of her just walking outside, maybe like taking a second, come back in, she just that's it. The Bye. Re- See the, ya. And the reason we do this category is because few professions lend themselves to people snapping, like this this profession. I mean, I have seen. Some people who I, you know, if you ask me before they quit, what is their demeanor like? I'd say, oh, they're even keel. They're calm. They're put together. They are of sound mind and body. And then when shit pops off and they just lose it and they can't take it anymore, it is, um, it is for real like, you know, shoot up a, uh, shoot up a bank type of scenario. It's like, you know, it, they're, they're on edge. So. Uh, it's funny how this profession pushes people to the brink. You have to have a lot of resolve. And just thick skin. Like a quarterback in the NFL, you got to forget forget the last play. Forget. 100%. Forget the last play. You know, they always, got perfect <laughs> touchdown? Oh, well, forget it. They always say that uh, only a great quarterback can throw th- uh, four picks in a game because that's the only quarterback they'll leave in long enough to throw four picks. <laughs> that's a great point, actually. Uh, you know, uh, and, and, th- and that's the truth. You do have to have very, very thick skin and a short memory to do this job, too. But – Eric, fantastic. A lot of good laughs, a lot of great stories, and thank you for setting the record straight on Billy the Cat. Um, Absolutely. We uh, <laughs> we are so honored to have you on. It's been a fantastic time putting you through the gauntlet. I hope you had fun. Bravo, my friend. Thank you. Um, yeah, I love do- it. It's kind of come full circle. You were the first person we you know that was ever asked to 
to come, and now we're uh, over 30 episodes in. So yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, when he first asked me, I, like, really thought it wasn't going to happen. And then when I saw him years later, and he's like, no, this is a legit thing happening, I was actually very happy and proud because that, that takes dedication, time, and effort. And uh, it, it's, it's not hard. So it, it did. It took dedication, time, and effort, and a lot of procrastination to get to here. Um, <laughs> the procrastination being, like, the main driver of why it took so long. But, um, no, I'm so happy we're here. I'm so happy we've had you on. We do like to finish up the show with a few quick questions for our guests that are just um, kind of open-ended. We want you to give us recommendations. So the first is our cleanup. We call it our How's Our Driving this is where we're asking for any reviews of the show. So, like, recommendations on questions we maybe didn't ask that we need to ask. Um, or any recommendations that you have for a bartender that needs to be on the show. Or, um, you know, a bar that we need to go to. Or drinks that we need to try. Anything that you have that you'd like to share with the people. Have you thought about Irish Dave? I have asked Irish Dave about four times now. Because he is one of the most ridiculous characters you'll ever meet. In your I life. have listen. Can 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 we can we actually can we do this right now? Can we do this? Because I was hoping that you and I would do this off mic, but we sure. can do this right on on the thing. I have asked Irish Dave three times now, and I've gotten an oh, okay, buddy, an okay, buddy, and that's like really all I've gotten from him, you know. And I've given him my card and I've given him my phone number and like I know Irish Dave. I've worked with him before. Like we have some rapport. And I felt the same way as you. This is somebody that has to be on this. <laughs> People who know Fells, who know Baltimore, know Irish Dave, right? He is a staple. But I don't think I have enough influence with him that I can give him a hard time to come on. That so makes sense, yeah. can you help me? I am not that probably cool with him to help you out with that, honestly. Do we know like, who cool, is? We're cool, but like, like, I haven't seen him in a while. So Do we know who is? Oh yeah, there are people. There are people that can probably make it happen. Yeah, we need to. We need to powwow. Because he would just be an amazing. He is such a psychopath. It'd be yeah, amazing. We like need he, to, he really. <laughs> oh, he's a psychopath. He really is. He's like a, just a gambling degenerate. He's insane. Bad hip, <laughs> old insane. Irish guy who like literally had like he like broke his hip and he like never got it fixed. He now he just has like a bad hip and it's just the way it is. He is he's <laughs> he's legitimately Irish. Oh, extremely. Yes, he is the yeah. reason we actually do this show. That I mean, he is the quintessential, like you know bartender with almost like too much personality he's 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 got like his own <laughs> brand yes. he doesn't actually even need to serve you a drink in a timely <laughs> manner or your food correctly because his brand is so strong you're like well i guess i guess that's just people irish dave people love him it's it's very strange it's wild. so um no trust me i've asked um i've also asked another guy that's just like him mike centenny who was a godfather for me in this business he's just like irish dave but um he's uh Irish Dave, if Irish Dave grew up in, like, you know, in Bully's Quarters. Yeah. And uh, he is old school Baltimore. He's another guy that we would try to get on. And then I have uh, one more that's similar to them. This guy, February, uh, who works at Das Beer Hall with me, who is a fucking character. And I, w I worked I worked with him at Bluestone, yes, strangely enough. Yes, and there's some connection there. And actually, the fact – so this is a good example. The fact that Mike worked with Feb prior to me working with Feb has actually gotten him to turn a little bit. The last couple of weeks, he's been like, so tell me more about the show. I've listened to an episode. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll think about coming on. So, I don't know, man. Maybe this is the conduit, right? What I'm going to do is when this show, when your episode gets published, you bet your sweet ass I'm texting it straight to Irish Dave. And I'm be like, challenge is thrown down. Let's do it, baby. And yeah. I think that's the most important part of this. And thanks to Paul Yashua for giving us this recommendation yeah. because this is an opportunity for us to get some insight from some great bartenders on who should be on the show mm. and to actually call them out. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they, you, you might you might get a yeah, we might talk to them and they might say, "You better fucking shake my name out of that episode." I don't want <laughs> you know keep your keep my name out of your little fun pockets. But um, <laughs> fun other than pockets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> other than that, uh, I think it's a great way to to yeah, like you said, but the challenge has been has been thrown down. So I mean, he'd be he'd be perfect if he and came. On, if he and, came on. <laughs> and you're also not the first one. Yeah, because he's uh, he's the one sticks out in my head. Just being just an off the just nut just psychopath yeah, crazy person sure. of amazingness we gotta get him on i'm gunning for him it's gonna be you know i always uh, i always ask our guests at the top why did you finally do the show and it's usually because i annoy them into submission but i have a feeling like irish dave cannot be annoyed into submission you might have to like go to him yeah to make it happen but yeah. that's the way it's gonna have to happen i think what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna start uh going to every shift he has and just dropping stupid tips until <laughs> he's like he's like all right man I'll, I'll come on the show you know that kind of thing. But, <laughs> just bribe him yeah but yeah, that's a go. good one I, um yeah. all right final question mike you want to tee him up for for the wrap up here yeah we got a couple cl- closing questions so first of all why do you still do this aka why do you hate yourself well, this is actually, believe it or not, my profession, and I'm probably going to do this in, for as long as I physically can. Uh, when that time comes, I will not know, but for right now, i got plenty of good years in me. Um, I am not an office guy. I can never sit in office all day. I tried that for a very short period of time, and I absolutely hated every second of it. I get to hang out with people and make money. I get to talk sports with people and make money. I get to have good times with people and make money. I don't have a job. I don't consider this a job. I consider this is just me being being myself, and I found something that... I can pay the bills with, I work reasonably good hours, and I get to meet, make new friends and hang out with people, and that's my job. Yeah. How yeah. many people in this world well, can't that, say that? Like, no, absolutely not. And that question is obviously very tongue-in-cheek um, because, you know, obviously it can be a very stressful environment, but it is time and time again our guests come on and say, I, I love this. I love doing this. Yeah, it has its ups and downs, but – it's like you said, you know, you're uh, you're doing something that you enjoy every day, and yeah, not a lot of people can say that. I, so, and I appreciate you saying that, Mike, because we talked. He and I talked about it this week. You know, we actually said, should we take that question out? The why do you why do you hate yourself? But the funny thing about that is, um, I I think if you find a business where you're so passionate about it that you care deeply, it becomes this profession where you have like a. You have like a again a standard for how you approach it, how you treat the guests, and it becomes kind of all-consuming in a way. Um, it's also a in the trenches business. You have to work hard to be good at it. You have to work hard to produce. And um, I, I, I always love the the weird context with how many times does somebody say, "Is this all you do?" Yeah, or is this yeah. your only job? It's, and I'm like, honestly, it's insulting. It I'm is. like, motherfucker, I make yeah, more absolutely. than you. What do you do? You know, um, the the truth is, I I love the uh, I love the strange self loathing in this business where we're willing, as a profession, to serve others, of all different kinds, as you said, sizes and shapes and credos. The truth is, we are the front lines of society when it comes to like uh letting people check out of their lives and that is not an easy business to get into and that's not an easy business to survive and you have to be a little bit crazy about how uh how you're gonna uh uh, how tough you have to be no you're you're right and look and sometimes you're somebody's savior you have people come in that you might not know that well and they're going through some really rough time and then you talk to somebody and they just talk to you and they say things and they look at you and they go i don't know why i just told you that but it makes them feel Mm -hmm. better because they gotta tell somebody 
and I have no problem listening to somebody. I have no problem being, you know, being there for somebody and going, you know, what's going on? Do you need some I'm help? You want, you want, you want to talk about that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll do my best to make you hopefully, you know, a better situation, whatever you're dealing with. And that's rewarding to me. They always say Bart. Absolutely. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, we, you haven't heard this because it's on an episode that hasn't been released right at this moment. But on the last episode, we gave a shout out uh, to a bar in uh, Kiev in Ukraine that, as far as we know, is still open and was like the only one of the only bars yeah. open during this, you know, war torn you know, situation. And, yeah. and th- it served as a place for civilians, military personnel, press to come back and find a little bit of humanity in the midst of this atrocity that's happening all mm-hmm. around them. So I, I, I just think that really resonates with what you're saying about, you know, it's something something that you enjoy doing but it, uh, it really comes down to that connection you have with people yeah and we've we so we've talked so many times about removing that question and we it, you know and some of our guests have said hey why does it have to be so negative and i think it's important to have it in there because a lot of bartenders the best thing about them is their wry sense of sarcastic humor where they can look at the negative and they can still find like light in it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so um I, I i love that question it's something that's always going to be a staple for us and um, I appreciate you attacking it with, with such passion for this business. Um, finally, last question. If you opened a bar, what would you call it or what would the theme be? Um, it would be a beach bar. I, uh, okay. I've never lived a beach before, and I think it's my calling, and one day I probably will live really? a beach. Yeah. I nice. did not see that one coming. <laughs> what? See, now that's, that's, that's what I see for you because you love bartending so much, and it's like you said, you're going to do this until your body gives out. Yeah. But I, I would just, like to own I just a place see, and, and also bartend yeah. there so you make back-end money and front-end money. Mm. And, your fa- exactly, and, your face, yeah. and your face is the one people see. And it, like a small place, nothing crazy. It's a small place that runs, you know. But uh, I don't know what I would call it. I don't know. My, probably some of my last name, like Woo something, Woo, you know. Yeah. But uh, Woo Jacks is actually Woo Jack Shack. for a bar. Yeah. So fun fact of the day, uh, my name is Polish. My father is from Highland Town, Baltimore. And uh, Woo Jack is my name, and it means little uncle. Little, little really? Uncle. I swear to God, if you look it up, it means little uncle. You right? should call it. You should call it little uncles. Little uncles, yeah. Little uncles is a great. That name would actually bar. be pretty good. That would be pretty great. damn good. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I have going for me. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, on one of our last episodes before you actually, as we're recording this, the one that was released today, and then I might made Mike take it down, but that's all another story. No, it's yeah. for another time. Um, uh, our good buddy Nick Gann. Mm-hmm. quit his job as an accountant to go 100% into hospitality and opened a restaurant in Ocean City called Crepe Daddy. And no, they, no, no, I heard, actually, I heard that episode. They just just officially got a liquor license. Oh, good. That's awesome. Nice. And so, actually, I did hear that episode. Actually, that's one of the ones I heard. Yeah, and it's – um. That sounds, it's, it's a cool idea, too, because I heard – because you're saying, like, it's like it's such a different – for now, you know what I mean? Like the whole like crepe aspect and like coffee aspect. Absolutely. Know? And right mm-hmm. on the boardwalk. But I'm, I'm just so excited for him, you know. Like yeah. he's kind of living that dream of like, um, hey, I'm going to move to a tourist beach area. I'm going to open up a restaurant. And it's thriving. And they're doing and, really and well. And it's not and it's not just the first couple years. It's you got to keep it going. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. It's like yeah. It's yeah, restaurants absolutely. are by far one of the worst businesses you could possibly get into. But if you're mm-hmm. if you if you have the passion, yeah. if you're all in, man, it's it's uh, there's a pulse there. It's a and hey, to your point, I was just going to say, we're working nine to five. Yeah. I'm. You know, I just left uh, eight years in the corporate world uh, to go back into hospitality full time because um, I didn't feel it didn't feel right. Didn't feel like my day to day was being served always uh, on on my uh, like almost like faking it to be in this professional setting where I felt so much more fulfilled to be with people every day to cut it up with them in in a different way. So 
Yep. And all I wanted to say is whatever you open up, little uncles, I already got a, a beach playlist queued up for you. <laughs> I appreciate so that. Okay. Make sure to check that this out. Be our be beach. That'll be nice. So one day maybe. Well, bravo, my friend. Pleasure that we got to to do this. Yeah, today. thank you for having Let's me. This cheers. Is wonderful. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yep, take. And um, guys, we will be back soon with another wonderful episode. But please, if you're in Baltimore, get out to McFalls, see Woo Jack. Uh, you know, if you say little uncle to him, I bet he'll give you a 10% off or something. I don't know. Probably not, but he'll give you some good conversation. Um, thank you, Eric. It was an absolute blast. My Thanks, friend. guys. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. All right. Yeah, thank it. you. And as always, Michael. Fuck off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for listening along. We really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we release new episodes most weeks. We're getting better. We really are. Uh, big shout out over to our friends at Trauma Parlor, whose song Fast One you heard throughout the show and you're listening to right now. Please go check them out. They're on Facebook. They're on Spotify. And show those guys some love. Uh, they're great musicians, and we really appreciate them letting us use their, their, their song here. Goddamn right. And if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BRP Drink Along. You can listen along on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. I will always remind you that if you can subscribe, rate, and review, it would really help us. Um, it can put us on the top of the charts. It can help more people find the show, and it can get this information out to more bartenders and servers around the country. And as always, I mean, Mike and I, we're narcissists, and we really need the personal validation. Damn right. <laughs> and if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant uh, podcast on Patreon. So we've got um, stuff like the Boilermaker tapes. We've got Ranch versus Blue Cheese. We're going to maybe do cu- couples therapy, back of the house. So we've got a lot of cool ideas, so definitely check that out. Um, VIPs are always going to have a seat at the, at the bar, so you'll always have – God, I'm just this, I'm, I'm just not on my game. It's okay. Morning time it's okay. Shit. You'll get access to our bonus content and have the chance to vote on new episode content and receive a 10% discount on all of our merchandise maybe. Yeah, pretty much in time. <laughs> we'll figure it out. You know, we'll make it worth your while. Sticker packs. Sticker, sticker, sticker packs. Um, and if you want to be a big tipper – A.K.A. one of our Bozells. Feel free to make a donation on PayPal, or as we call a tip on PayPal, under the Bartender Rant Podcast at gmail.com. Shout out to our Bozell of the Week, which we don't have one yet. But anybody who is willing to throw us a tip and help Mike and I continue to grow this pod, we will be shouting out your name. We'll be shouting out your favorite cocktail and really anything else you might want us to shout out. We're happy to do birthdays, wedding anniversaries, funerals, whatever you'd like. Um, Mike and I do this because we love this industry and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along, drink along. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, Please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. 
And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast, and we want you to stick around, and Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you, and we'll see you on the next episode. Yeah, but yeah, but it makes me think of Casey, your buddy Casey, who's like, he's like, I really like the show, but I fucking hate Mike. <laughs> no, that's no, that's um, that's uh, Horton, Chris Horton. Hey, fuck we you, Chris. Funny, you know, we get a lot of, we got a lot, we get a lot of feedback on, I guess how he and I are, like how Mike and I are as, as hosts on the show, and consistently, the the feedback is Steve needs to talk less. <laughs> <laughs> and but there is one listener to the show, a good buddy of mine from college, who fucking hates Mike. Like, just hates every time he opens his mouth. Was begging me multiple times, like, dude, you really just need to tell him he's fired from the show and just do it by yourself. <laughs> like, no, man, uh, you've got this all wrong. But I don't know. He's look. He's, you can't win them all. Okay, you can't. Very. No, I love it. It, it was funny too because Steve, uh, when he was talking about this to his lady, they were like, "Oh, you shouldn't tell Michael that." And Steve was like, "No, you don't know Michael. He's gonna absolutely love this." <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, this is gonna be like spinach for Popeye." I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "He's gonna love this shit." I was like, "I could tell Michael." Uh, about a hundred straight messages where people are like, Mike's amazing, his voice is sexy, he's always so funny. And he'd be like, ah, whatever. But the second you tell Mike that somebody hates his guts, it's like, it's like he, it's like he loves that he's in someone else's crawl. Like a kid you know on Christmas. I mean? But, uh, yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny. I mean, a lot of people listen to Howard Stern because they hated him. So, dude, you know what you should do? We should get like a headshot done of you. Then you should sign it, and you should. I would. I will absolutely do that. That would be incredible. Thanks for thanks for the support. (laughs) Love, Michael.